that pass, and he's going to go for a skate. Here's Besser shoot. Score! Stick in rink pod from Callwood. Stick and Rink Pod. Hey, what's up? Stick and Rink Podcast. Okay, there okay. you go. Yeah. That's oh. the Canuck logo, by the way, Stick and Rink. When I watched the Canucks, the speed's great, but they need a bit of spark. I was wondering if it would be possible to give it by having Frank Drebin shit on the ice. Thanks for that. It takes a special kind of Vancouver selects from the University of Michigan, Quinn Hughes. This is Jim Benning, you got the wrong number. This is Jim Benning, you got the wrong number. You guys ready today or what? This is where we clean up today, boys. Why isn't anyone taking full in? You know, um, speed and skill, remember. You know, speed and skill. Vancouver Canucks select um, as a team right now. We don't want to, you know, uh, this is Jim Benning, you got the wrong number. Coming to you from the... Wait a second. Hold on here. Did you did you just shotgun a beer? <gasps> Coming to you from the shores of beautiful Vancouver Island. Jesus. This is the Stick in Rink podcast. My name's Isha, alongside my good pal Dylan. How are you this evening? You're an absolute animal. Uh, season Jesus. two. The beer is dripping down this man's right leg, folks. Finale of the Stick in Rink podcast. What a time to be alive. It's... Uh, been quite the journey with the stick and ring podcast episode 100 Man, part two part two part two that's true but yeah it, it's it's been a crazy ride i can't wait for uh for the great handover the great handover of the century i might say oh yeah it's i mean this this is some amazing stuff here dylan this is an exciting episode we have a ton of hockey to talk or we have a ton of hockey to get into and talk about and uh it's it's gonna be a lot of fun as well as uh wow Two years we've been doing this podcast, bud, and this is where it uh, this is where it comes to end. Not only you know with us as hosts, but this particular season as it's not running through in the summer, and we're handing off the reins to Elijah and Josh at Ride the Pod. Well, at the end of the day, I think we did pretty damn good, man. Like I, I thought this podcast would end by us just stop doing the podcast and it would just end. But well, no, like, we're, know, we're handing it over. I never, I never, <laughs> exactly. in my wildest, drunkest dreams. Expected to hand trail over filled this, dreams. trail filled dreams. I expected to hand over this podcast, but such a good you know point, what? Man. I I couldn't be happier, honestly. Me me neither. To be to be perfectly honest, and yeah, that's crazy. I always thought that hey, when uh, when life got real, when either of us got you know pretty demanding jobs, which we kind of never did. <laughs> when uh, when school got too much, when where it really never did. Which by the way, we brought. But you, you got to show up for that. We now. brought you this podcast and two uh, hours of radio while Dylan and I were full time students and working full time. So there you go, folks. And we didn't stop. And like you said, to be able to n- not just end it, but you know, continue it 
you know, through two other hosts it is pretty amazing stuff. And yeah, I would have never called that as uh, as either the summer of 2017. Can you believe it? 2017 is when we decided to kick off this podcast. Down by the old Gold River, I remember. We were talking about starting this podcast, and, and, and that's kind of where it all started, to be honest, that camping trip. The Gold River camping trip. We hit up the, the caves, the Gold River caves. That's right. Uh, those fucking spider-filled caves. You, you, you might say it was a trip to trail through the caves. So, uh, like... We're, 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 cl- we're crawling through these caves, ladies and gentlemen, and, like, I just, I, I could not see this one area. Like, we, we are deep underground here. So, shine the flashlight. Made the mistake of shining it to the ceiling mm-hmm. of the cave, and uh, I shit you not, the whole ceiling covered in spiders. Well, and the worst part was, directly above us was a hole in, in, in the rock ceiling, and that's where they were piling into. It was, it, was, it was a disgusting sight. It was, it was terrifying. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the second Harry Potter movie or have read those books. You'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you've ever seen Usain Bolt run, but that was <laughs> me getting the fuck out of there. I heard people running past people and they're like, what the hell's going on there? Has to be a reek of trail as well. Anyways, and um, yeah, then we were, like you said, chucking the lacrosse ball around. We brought the, the old lax sticks. The old lax sticks. And uh, we just kept talking hockey. We'd... We, we were huge fans of hockey. Since 2011, you and I have really like talked about the Canucks and pretty much the entire league whenever we've hung out. It was just kind of our thing. You know, No one else really in our friend group other than old Jackie Poo really you know, took time to watch the draft or follow mm-hmm. hockey the way we did. And then on the way to, uh, to Gold River and driving through Port Renfrew, beautiful Port Renfrew, British Columbia, we were just listening to Don Taylor, the podcast back him... Him, uh, was it Donnie in the Mo or Donnie B Mac Donnie in the Moj? I'm used to just saying <laughs> Donnie in the Moj. Donnie in the Moj, I love it. But well, right B Mac, we love you. Yeah, so we would download the, you know, the the podcast episodes of B Mac Donnie in the Moj. I remember just listening to them on the on the drive up and just thinking, man, like we will, I want to do this. Like we can talk hockey. Like if we had a mic going, and you know, while we just got into our takes, you know, some people would listen. And like I know we said this a few times on the podcast, folks, but. We said if, if I think less than twenty people listened, we were, or and that was it. We were just gonna stop. But hey, I think we hit like twenty two or something. That just kept us going. Exactly. Yeah. By episode five, we hit like twenty five or something around there. We're like, all right, we said it twenty, and we'll keep going. Yeah. And we, hey, hey, we did. I don't Shane think on multiple accounts, whatever. Yeah. We we did not miss a week. It's it's been crazy. It really has. We like took some time off for Christmas. You know, every now and then we bring in some subs because I'd go camping or you know you you even called in from work a few times. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I was not supposed to be doing that. I'll tell you that. But <laughs> security <laughs> calling in on the sticker rig podcast, just hiding out. But uh, hey, man, we got it done. We every week we at least release some sort of content. Exactly. I, I don't think except there was a for week. last week. <laughs> oh, hey. Who's counting, right? <laughs> no, but no, that's true. We we went above and beyond what we originally planned, and it was a little, little pat in our backs. Well, I think so. I, I think, think we, we deserve, deserve it. it. Over two hundred episodes of content and uh, over a hundred podcast episodes of Stick and Rink. We even threw out some Christmas episodes. Shout out Wolfpack. Man, and, and all the giveaways we've we've had over the years. And we still have some more, so don't We still have some VR headsets, too. So with that, Dylan, don't forget to tune in to CHLY 1017 FM Sunday, August 4th from 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific time uh, for the last episode of the Stick and Rink radio show. This is the last Stick and Rink podcast episode in this, um, well, in this format. The last radio show will be August 4th. You can stream it online as well at CHLY.com dot c a you gonna cry 
Uh, I might yeah, sh- sh- shed a little tear. <laughs> I might shed a little tear. D- depends who. It depends who the callers are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If we get if we get some of the old timers on the show, yeah, you know, it might it might come out of us. But uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a hell of a week. They may force force moisture from my face. Whew. How's that? Um, we are we're continuing to run Patreon for the near future. We're gonna let you all know what's going to happen with the Stick Ring Podcast Patreon page. Uh, we do have a plan. It's just not. It's just not finished yet, so we will keep you updated. Um, but for the time being, we still have exclusive giveaways plus extra content. We have a an exclusive extra episode. Uh, it's not the pregame show this week. It's the post-game oh, show. And I guarantee you that's going to be a hell of an episode. And uh, we, we make that available to all of our loyal patrons, so support us. All donations go towards improving the show and providing you with prizes and merchandise. And that extra episode only costs $1, Dylan. $1. Less than a cup of coffee. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous. Um, And so that $1 gets you an extra episode of Stick in Rink. A reminder to everyone, Dylan and I will be podcasting throughout the summer, semi-regular basis, just about general sports maybe we'll just bring a topic and just dive into it. it it's it's more so just to keep us fresh leading up to uh the soda pods release as dylan and i are going to be covering the minnesota wild for the hockey podcast network come october 1st so we'll update you all uh then and we'll still give away prizes uh, did, just on that summer podcast did we decide a name yet did we come up with something i well, think it was something to do with callwood was, i wanted to be course. the callwood crawl okay you're right right and but- i know listeners outside of vancouver Island are probably like what the f- fuck is that like you call it ass guys yeah. talking about this Callwood. stupid ass city it's literally a traffic time. jam it's what it is the, yeah the callwood crawl is victoria british columbia's traffic that's the name for it so there you go there you have it folks you listen to us while you're in the traffic jam no it's, it's gonna crawl. be a hell of a hell of a podcast we're not even, something a little different you know I mean, man we're getting into august right now there's not gonna be too many of these callwood crawl episodes so yeah it's the dog days of it, summer. it's more so gonna be like when you and i are fired up about some shit that happens in the world of sport we're gonna just gonna Fire up the mics, go to trail, yep. shotgun another beer. I could use another beer. Ooh. And then uh, and then get into some sports talk. Anyways. Get some beers, get some whatever. <laughs> Let's get back on track here. Patreon, uh, it's patreon.com slash stick in rink podcast for now. But Dylan, because we are not ending the podcast, mm-hmm. this note, you know, this message to everyone can continue into Ride the Pods tenure of the Stick Ring Podcast. And folks, you should know by now, you really should, that the best thing you can do for this show, for the Stick in Ring Podcast, is giving us a five stars on iTunes, or Spotify, or wherever you can rate a podcast. Facebook. Facebook, throw it out there, anything. If you can find an app that you can give a rating, give us five stars. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. All right, Dylan. Um, wow. Wow. We're getting into uh, the oh, final. Oh, trail lit? Is the, the trail is the trail What's on fire? That smell. Uh, let's get into uh, the final show rundown of the season, the season two finale of the Stick and Ring <laughs> podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's jam packed this week. Uh, we're gonna try to be concise on everything. We obviously go on tangents every now and then. So, a couple trips to so, trail. You so know. bear with us. Like we said, it's a party. Right now, I've already shotgunned a beer. You can hear it in my voice. I'm slurring the words. Big shout out. Yeah, we don't give them a shout out enough, but the Trail Smoke Eaters, you know, great hockey team, great name, and, you know, they've they've given us a great inside joke. They really have. Um, So, okay, the show rundown, we have some quick hits. Usually we just have, like, two or three quick hits. We have four this week because... 
Because it's a party. It's a party, and there's two really great um, stories that I just kind of bunched into the same category, but we'll just run them down real quick. And then uh, we have some NHL talk brought to you by Auto Smile Limited. We gonna miss you, Auto Smile. Oh, Auto Smile. They they've really been the best sponsor. Yeah, and thank you very much. You know, if you like, you said they they may bear with us the most, but as you listen through <laughs> Auto Smile, I hope you know that we love you. We really do. And uh, we have three guests this week, Dylan. I mean, I, I think the most we've ever had on the Stick Ring Podcast. I know the radio show we we feature a ton of guests, but I think we've only ever had like two guests at, at most. We got three this week. People, we weren't bur- bullshitting. It's a fucking party. We got Alex Newhook. He's back for the third time. Friend of the show. Former Victoria Grizzly of the BCHL. Now a member of the Boston College Eagles. And the 16th overall draft pick in the 2019 draft to the Colorado Avalanche. It's been a pleasure talking to Alex throughout uh, Season 2 of the Stick Ring Podcast. And it was great catching up with him again. Yeah, he's been a longtime friend of the show. Amazing. And future NHL All-Star, might I add. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then we have Ralph Slate, who's the creator and current operator of Hockey Database. Everyone uses HockeyDB. Hell, we're using it right now for the show. Dylan and I used it in uh, grade 7. We actually got it banned from our high school survey because we used it so much playing Sim League at uh, Nanaimo District Secondary School. So it's been great. Is that, is that a fact? Is that a yeah, proven you fact? you don't remember that? Is it Mr. Boyd come at us? Mr. Boyd, you and I, yeah, in grade uh, grade eleven and twelve. Well, I think it was grade eleven actually. He, uh, we, we Man, made the Boyd, mistake when Boyd is swinging. You best be watching. Yeah. Any anybody who went to Nanaimo District Secondary School listening to this podcast, you know what we're talking about. The guy is fucking insane. Anyways, we made the mistake of uh, playing our live down know, the road for me. Nice playing guy. our local uh, sim league uh, on the front row of computers where you know. He could see us through the glass of his office, and he came storming out. And I think, like, he was swearing. He's like, "I've seen you on this. You ain't doing homework. I'm banning it." And he banned it yeah. from the service. But anyways, that's how much we loved it. Thanks, Ralph, for joining us. We talked uh, pretty much about you know the origin story of Hockey Database and um, just what Ralph continues to do with the company. And then finally, like we teased in uh, our drowned out intro, and I mean drowned <laughs> because I'm covered. In a it's, company logger. Yeah, it smells like a brewery in here, folks. Um, Josh and Elijah from Ride the Pod, they're going to join us uh, near the end of the episode, and they're going to do a couple segments with us. They're going to participate in the names of the game, the final names of the game on the Stick Ring podcast, and then uh, answer the questions from Twitter, which I'm fucking dis... It's the last episode of the party, and I'm fucking <laughs> disappointed with disappointed. our listeners. But we'll get into that later. Uh, well, we will. We will get into that later. But as always, it's brought to you by Sprezzabox. And folks, our promo code is still active. You can use promo code STICKINRINK for 10% off your next purchase. All right. Should we dive into the, to the quick hits? Let's dive right into it. There to bring us the lowdown, fresh off a of Big Apple hoedown where there was a corned beef on rye throwdown, is showdown. All right. Like I said, two stories in one category, two Humboldt Broncos stories, and you know we share as much information as we can in regards to the Humboldt Broncos here. Um, it's great, too, that we've had uh, you know guests on the show now working with the Humboldt Broncos. Um, Humboldt, Humboldt Broncos survivor oh, Ryan Strasnitsky signs a deal with Adidas. This, this is a, article is a few weeks old now. Um, but we wanted to share share it with you guys. Ryan, who is paralyzed from the chest down, is following through with his goal to play for Canada's national men's sled hockey team someday. 
and he's doing so by getting back on the ice a little over a year after that devastating accident, Dylan. I mean, this is unbelievable stuff from Adidas to step up and sponsor this young man. And, you know, I've watched his film. He's He still has a long way to go if he's going to join the men's national team, but it's amazing to see that he's even out there now. I mean, paralyzed from the chest down. I mean, I can't even fathom, you know, what, what that would be like, you know, especially someone who's an athlete and getting back playing sports so quick. I mean, how mentally strong do you have to be for that? I mean, Ryan is an absolute... A warrior. I I think I say this every time a Humboldt Bronco story comes up, but it's great to see, you know it, it was a travesty. It was it was awful, but it's great to see that the support didn't die off after a month, which we see a lot nowadays. I mean, something bad happens, you know. There's a lot of attention on it, and and you know the people involved get helped out for that short moment, and, and then it kind of dies off naturally. But here, I mean. Man, these, these guys are, are getting amazing support throughout their career, it seems. And it, I don't know, it's just really awesome to see that the hockey community has come together like that. Yeah, because even stories that are devastating that are sometimes close to home get, like you said, I don't want to say pushed aside, but just fall out of uh, media circulation in, you know, even a couple of weeks and no one talks about them anymore. And I mean, life is busy. It's, it's understandable. And there's so much information we're getting now with the internet and everyone's on their phone and social media. It's like information overload. It's like, okay, we see something, we process it. We, we move on. But like you said, to take this back full circle, I'm very glad that these young men and families are striving to move on, but that the support hasn't yet. Just some good old Canadian boys. Uh, another story. Grayson Cameron, who suffered a broken back in the bus crash, is now 20 years old and has been rehabbing since the crash and hopes to play one final season of junior hockey with the Broncos. Uh, he wants to earn his spot out of camp and is working actually right now with uh, the Calgary with some of the Calgary Flames training staff, and he's doing everything possible to get back on the ice, Dylan. Yeah, man. I mean, it just seems like all these guys are, are just really pushing through and However they can, you know, some guys have more limitations than others. But yeah, these these guys are doing some amazing things. You'd think that, you know, they're also just doing it because they're they're hockey players. You know, if, if this never happened, they would just keep playing hockey. Maybe that's part of their, I, I don't know, rehabilitation, just even mentally to be like, I, I don't want to just push this aside. This is a big part of my life. I, I want to keep working. No, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, why why would you change that? You would try and keep that as close as you could. All the best to Grayson Cameron. I just have his stats up here on uh, on Elite Prospects. Uh, 32 games in 2017-2018, uh, 8 points, um, and he played in the in the four playoff games with the Humboldt Broncos. So we're wishing uh, Grayson all the best in camp this year as he uh, tries to get a spot as a, you know now a leader for this team. Moving on. Friend of the show. Kevin Chirac of Czech News uh, caught up with former Victoria Royal, now prospect for the Calgary Flames, uh, Matthew Phillips, who is playing in the AHL right now for the Stockton Heat, as he visited uh, the BC's capital, Victoria, where where we are actually broadcasting out of at the moment. Um, I have the the clip here, which uh, actually, you know, what? I, I'll. S- I'll save it for you, folks. These are the quick hits. Oh, okay. I'm going to post okay. the link. You can listen to the video. It's a, it's a great interview that uh, Kevin... I was kind of sitting here waiting for that. Kevin we'll Chirac had with uh, Matthew Phillips. But just uh, quickly on Matthew Phillips, Dylan, I, I know when he played for the Royals, um, you, got, you didn't get to see him as much as I did as you lived in Nanaimo at the time. But you did come down for a few games. And um, I remember pointing this player out to you. And you're like, man, you don't even need to point this player out to me. I, I know who he is. And he's still small in stature. And I know it's hard to transition into 
pro hockey, especially at the AHL level when you're when you're small, ripping up ripping it up in junior. But I just love to hear some of some of your thoughts on this player. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, his speed and skill is, is what stood out, and it's. I mean, it seems like kind of a cop-out answer to say speed and skill, but that's... Well, he played in the Western League, which, let's be honest, unlike the O&Q, it's a little bit more rough, even today. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, he was playing on a great Victoria Royals team as well. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, the Royals were just were just buzzing. So he was surrounded by some pretty good guys as well. Tyler which, Soy, for Tyler example. Soy, which I, Danton, I think... Dante Hanoon. Yep. So I, I think all that really improved his game. Um, do I think he's going to make the NHL? It's going to be tough. You know, it's, it's, but he, he has potential for sure. Yeah. I mean, he got 38 points, 13 goals in 65 games with an awful Stockton te- heat uh, team and only a uh, minus four on the season. So not, too, not bad. too bad as a rookie season, as a pro hockey player, you know, for a, a player who was a late round pick, I mean, he was, he was uh, 166th overall in 2016. So the Calgary Flames took a chance on a smaller player as they kind of went for the last few years, remember? They, hey, it paid out in Johnny, Johnny Goudreau, right? Well, that's what I'm saying, and maybe it might pay out from uh, pay off for Matthew Phillips, but they've kind of just been going for the most skilled player available, whereas, you know, since Sean Monaghan, I think. Man, <laughs> Matthew Phillips only weighs 154 pounds. He, he's going to have to bulk up pretty quickly. Yeah, and I don't know. And he's 21. I mean, as you know, like Canucks fans, if you hit 23, you're done. You, you can't develop after 23. Okay, everyone, Dylan's being sarcastic here. Don't get me fired up right now, Dylan. We're on the <laughs> I'm crickets. just trying to push some buttons here. Oh, you're pushing them. Um, anyway, shout out to Matthew Phillips. I'm excited to... Uh, well, actually, he'll, like I said, he'll be returning to Victoria for some preseason games with the Calgary Flames as... Uh, well, I'm sure he'll get into some preseason games as Canucks Development Camp is here in Victoria and the Flames are actually coming to town for a few games. I think even two games. Two games, games, I believe, yeah. So I'm sure Matthew Phillips will, will uh, suit up for at least one of those back at the Save on Foods Memorial Center. And you know what? I think Lyndon Wood from the Hood is actually going to join us for one of those games. It's the final. How about that? It's the final episode. I mean, I have to play his rap sometime in this episode. Oh, man, you got to do it. When we kind of wrap up, I think Brandon Hobbs has a great question for us. Yeah, I, I peaked this week. Um, you be peaking. I, I got some clips set up for that. All right, final quick hit. Um, the QMJHL is being sued. Good. Um, we, I think we brought up stories in the past of, you know, Groups trying to sue the OHL, trying to sue the WHL, just the CHL at, at large. And it, it's been muddy to say the least. I mean, we're no experts on the matter, but we've shared as much information as, you know, as we could upon reading um, a ton of articles through throughout the last two years of doing the Stick Ring podcast. Here, another story pops up again. We're putting in the quick hits because we didn't do a ton of due diligence on it because it's a... It's a crazy story, Dylan. So um, this particular suit is seeking back pay, overtime, and vacation pay um, and was launched by two former KMJHL players, Luke Walter and Thomas uh, Gobey. The plaintiff's alleged players put in an average of 35 to 40 hours a week and up to 65 hours per week on employment-related services. And this is, uh, folks, similar numbers that the, the WHL um, or the the groups opposing the WHL brought up, but that was like a, a current case. They were talking about players right now. This suit right. is kind of going back a few years, but it, it just uh, it, it's all relative. Now Walter, who also played in the Western Hockey League, has said he thinks the two leagues took advantage of him. He's uh, also the representative plaintiff 
plaintiff in a similar lawsuit against the WHL. So he's involved uh, with that group as well. And this is um, as per the Junior Hockey Podcast and CBC.ca. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at some of these junior teams and they're run like professional hockey organizations. They're pumping oh, yeah, the out, CHL, they're pumping in 100%. money. Yeah, and, and you know, they should be giving their guys a little bit more. I mean, what they have to pay the players is pretty minimal. It's not really something that you can live off properly. Um, but at the same time, only those only those big junior organizations can handle that. Not every team in the OHL is at the point where they can be paying their guys a lot of money. Absolutely. No, good point. Um, so I'd like to say we'll continue to follow this story in the next couple of weeks, but we ain't. So <laughs> ride the pod, maybe. <laughs> in the summer, guys want to pick this up. In the summer, though, if we hear any more about this, Dylan and I maybe in one of our. Uh, Callwood Crawl episodes will bring it up. Um, but on either of our Twitter accounts, I'm sure, you know, we tweet about hockey all the time. And this kind of, we're both interested in junior hockey. We'll, uh, we'll continue to tweet about that and update uh, our followers moving forward. Um, all right, that wraps up the quick hits. Thanks for bearing with us. Now time... My mic just reeks of trail. Time to get into uh, the meat on the bone, as we like to say here. Um, some NHL talk. That's not... What is this stuff on here? We're talking about saving the world and all that stuff. Let's talk hockey. I can't believe we are almost into August, Dylan, and NHL signings. They're still coming in. They're still coming in, and man, there's some big names that are still on the board. Uh, you know, Brock Besser hits close to home. Well, some That's big RFAs, right? That yeah, we exactly. Are going to sign with their with their team. So all like the big UFAs and even like second, third tier UFAs are pretty much off the table now. We may see someone, you know, late going into training camp where you know some teams are just disappointed with the people that they've brought in and just like, damn, we we need. A veteran presence, for example. It happens we go, we go every get year. a Thomas Vanek like the Canucks did a few <laughs> yeah. years ago. Something like well, that. Someone's going to pick up a Thomas Vanek. Um, but but like like Dylan was alluding to, there's still some RFAs out there uh, that do not have contracts, like Brock Besser for the Vancouver Canucks. Lucky for us, he played enough games in his first uh, stint coming out of college where he cannot be uh, offered an offer sheet, which is very nice. And uh, something, huh, something that's... Uh, well, one thing that's not keeping me up at night, we'll say that. No, exa- exactly. Canucks Twitter, a different story. <laughs> Canucks Twitter is a little bit worried about this, which they shouldn't be. Um, let's uh, well, let's jump into it, Dylan, with arguably uh, the biggest contract. Jacob Truba signs a whopping deal, folks. Seven years, $56 million. That works out to an average of $8 million per season. See, I saw the seven years, and I was like, okay, he's, it's a seven and seven. He's yeah. eight? Like, that's crazy. Like, yeah, that is I know money. it's just another, it's just a million dollars more. And I know right. it's, even that statement's kind of funny to, ch- to chuckle at. But let, let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, in pro sports, what's another, you know, 500 grand to a million dollars in a deal? But it, it's a statement because now he's in that tier. You know, you're an $8 million player. You're not a six to $7 million player. You're an $8 million player. Well, and do you think he is? He put up 50 points last year. The year before, he put up 34 points in 55 games. He's not an eight million dollar player. He's twenty five. I mean, is a is a fifty point defenseman that isn't really is you know is pretty good on on the defensive side of the puck. He he's got size. Is he not worth eight million dollars? Show me again. And I know he was on pace in 2017, 2018. He had twenty four points in fifty five games. I get it. You know he was holding out that year mm-hmm. for that two year deal, right? Yeah. He never wanted... I guess one thing I have to just tip my cap to is he never wanted to be in fucking Winnipeg. It's true. Yet he played 
his heart out to earn this contract. He did. And so I have to respect that, but I just I think I just think that's an elite player contract. And I know I, I'm the one who probably says the most, you know, well, contracts are going up because the cap's eventually gonna go up. Well, the cap didn't go up this year. Okay, but okay, let's let's make a comparison here. Okay. Let's look at Tyler Myers and Jacob Truba. Do not think Jacob Truba is worth two million dollars more than Ooh, Tyler Myers. That's a good point. That's because Tyler Myers is a six million dollar defenseman, right? He he's in that tier. He's that's what he's getting he's, paid on yeah, the open market. Yeah, he's the five to six tier. Yeah. So then, if you look at a Jacob Truba, yeah, he he is the next tier up. So the, that's eight I, million dollars. I'd have to agree with you, and it's all coming back to I guess it, like you said, it's just two million dollars more than Tyler Myers. It's just one million dollar more at an annual average value than a seven and seven deal. And it, I guess just. Back to, and this is maybe just something that I noticed. You just see that eight figure and you think, okay, now you're expected to be that, you know, you're a tier above. No, I, I agree with you. Eight million that's, dollars that's means... that's silly, I know, because it's like, oh, well, what does a statement mean? You know, this is, that, that's kind of a ridiculous thing to say, but, you know... Uh, it means you're an established player in this league. You're an yeah. established star. And... You know, you could argue that he isn't, but I mean, at 25, he's, I think he's proven I enough. I think he is. He's a right-handed guy too, which are, you know, they're a rarity in the National Hockey League. He He's going to get the minutes. He's going to be the man yep. in New York. He'll put up another 50-point season. I mean, I think he, you're, you know, I, I do not doubt that he put a, will put up another 50-point season. It's just, we just don't, and this is a new era of of NHL. Um A new era of, of contracts being dished out in the NHL as well. So we're just not used to seeing, okay, the guy put up, a stellar season once, boom! There's the huge contract. I mean, you don't see it often. I mean, no, even Scott Gomez, had, he, he put up three, he put up numbers for a while before getting that crazy deal. He's had three really good seasons, though, in my opinion. Like, th- like really no, agreed, good seasons. Agreed. So I, I don't think it's it's a flash in the pan or anything, and I don't think it's a deal based off one good season. No, and, and like I said, I wholeheartedly agree with you. But just for the sake of argument, it's just like. That that's just big. That's a big contract no, we're off, one, yeah. off one off fifty point season. No, it makes sense. But the eight million dollars is always you know a big statement, like you said. But especially, and um, I'm just gonna throw this out there: it's not like he puts up a lot of points in the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't. Yeah. I mean, looking at his six stats, points in twenty seven games. Yeah. That's that's not like so. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just throwing a little salt on it. <laughs> but I I do wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, let's move on to. I love this deal. One of one of the, the the best deals that I think have come out of the summer for so many reasons. And Local from, boy. And it's from a player who, uh, back in the day, our friend Robert Keel said was going to be a fucking all-star and traded Shea Weber in our Sim League to acquire as a 19-year-old Colton Sissons. Uh, Robert Keel, if you're listening, I'm sorry, man. You were, you were one of the worst GMs we had on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're pretty bad, bud. Eric Kimball. I, I know he's not listening, so it's all right to say that. Uh, yeah, Robert, uh, good hockey guy. Terrible. We love you. You're good. Great terrible guy. at the the sim league. This is awful. Like I, I would just fleece that guy in the regular, and I wouldn't even feel bad about it. But looking bad, I should have. Was it you who uh, got Shea Weber? <laughs> Probably. Anyways, um, Colton Sissons, local guy, uh, Vancouver area, signs a seven-year deal. <laughs> Seven years. Seven okay. years for Colton Sissons. $20 million. Woo. 2.86 average annual value, which, hey, that's a decent chunk of change. I I would like to make just the uh, the 0.86. Yeah, I, I'd I, just like the 0.86, but I, I, I'd be I mean, all right I, with at that. At this point, I'm happy with the six. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that is 
That that's, that's interesting. That's the Nashville special. No. I mean, Car was it Kari? I don't know his first name. Uh, Yarncroc. He signed a similar long term deal. Yeah, I'm just kind of struck because you don't you don't see long term deals that are under three million dollars. You just don't. I mean, five years seems to be the max for deals that are three million dollars. You know, a fifteen million dollar deal, but the seven years opposite of Jacob Truba's deal. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But hey, I mean. If they're expecting the cap to go up and they think this makes He's sense. He's a third forward, liner. He's a bottom six player who can put up okay numbers. What? I don't have the stats in front of me, Dylan, but I'm just going to shot in the dark here like a 30-point guy. <laughs> right on the head. 30 points last year, 15 goals, 15 assists. The year before, 27 points. Uh, he's 25 years old. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. He's going to be right around a 30-point guy. You know what? Maybe he even sneaks in a 20-goal season. And, and if he does that for $2.8 million, that's a hell of a deal. Right-handed shot. He puts up points, unlike uh, Jacob Truba, actually, in the playoffs. I mean, um, when Nashville went on the run in 2016-2017, he had a respectable 12.6 goals in 22 games. In the following season, I think he had a hat trick in in that playoff. I, I, yeah, I, I, there's I some big well. story about Sissons there. Uh, seven points in 13 games in 2017-18. Uh, now this last season, a little disappointing with uh, zero points in six games. But he's a player. He's he's a bottom six, a grind uh, a grinder type player with a little bit of skill, but not enough skill to crack that top six. Let's be honest on uh, on a Nashville team that is now begging for some scoring but i think they got value for this player and what else i like about it is he's cost protected obviously um and he may be an option for seattle in the expansion draft and someone who nash was like this isn't the worst contract to get off our books because yeah it's almost three million dollars off our books however when he's on the team it's he's, he's worth yeah, that it's money. useful exactly so i think this is a win yeah, win, a great win. Point. it's a win all around a bit the national hockey league you know they hate those long-term deals but they're probably like you know what? Fuck it. This is going to help Seattle. So there you go. There you go. It's a win, win, win. Now, if there's a no move clause in any of that, I'd be throwing up right now. If there's a no move clause in a deal under $3 million, I will slap that GM. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, another player who uh, was awarded this deal through arbitration. Andrew Kopp uh, was awarded a two-year deal, uh, $4.56 million, uh, $2.28 annual average value, uh, and he signs with the Winnipeg Jets. And if you look at his hockey DB page, he has one of the grumpiest looks I've ever seen in a player picture. Yeah, in every single one that I you click it's, through. Yeah, it's, it actually gets a and little bit worse. And in his first two, he's got that Boston uh, scumbag look, although he's, he's from Ann Arbor, Mich- Michigan, but still. Hey, that's close enough. <laughs> um, Andrew Cobb, again, bottom six player. Yeah, bottom six player, you know. This guy is not going to put over 30 points. Hasn't in my quite opinion. cracked 30 points Hasn't yet, eh, but cracked it. He's 25 years old. He, he's put up 28 points before in 82 games. Last year, he had a pretty decent season. I mean, 25 points in 69 games. How about that? Doug Glatt. Doug, <laughs> how about that, Doug Glatt? Yeah, I mean, these play. I don't watch the Winnipeg. Well, I haven't watched the Winnipeg Jets. No, we even watched Goon. That's what we. Yeah, we watched Goon last night. We watched the uh, Slapshot and Goon recently. And, oh, both very different. It's movies, inspiring, but they're both just oh, masterpieces in themselves. Um, again, I, I don't watch Andrew Cobb's game a ton, but a serviceable bottom six player as per these stats. Yeah, another value deal, but uh, yeah, we're going to move on to another value deal, actually, in my opinion. Zach Aston Reese, a uh, two-year deal worth $2 million per season. 
Um, you folks may recall Zach Aston Reese being crushed by Tom Wilson a few years ago in uh, the Washington Capitals playoff run and series win against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was a controversial hit to say the least as uh I believe that Zach as are Aston- most hits by Tom Wilson <laughs> as yeah. he just sits there with a fucking Capitals jersey we'll on. We'll get into that in a little bit here, but yeah, it was a uh, it was a pretty nasty hit there on Zach Aston Reese. I I will admit Um, and I, th- I think he, he suffered a broken jaw and a concussion as a result. Um, but anywho, back to his uh, <laughs> his plays, his play on the ice, his statistics. He's a damn good player. He's still a young player, and uh, I, I still think he could. He, he's going to. I be, know he's twenty four. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be a, a, a serviceable a serviceable player, not only two way, but offensively for the Pittsburgh Penguins and. You know the next few years. Yeah, I mean, last year going back to, I mean, I'm kind of hashtag stats guy this episode. Seven. I got one in the works. Bud. Oh, it's, it's brewing. Seventeen points in forty three games. So you know he played half a season. If he played a full season, he might have cracked forty points. You know, catch catch a little fire. You know, last half of the season, put up forty. Yeah, and it's not like he uh, his development was stunted by any means. Coming out of the NCAA, where he dominated, Hobie Baker Award winner, twenty six. 2017 and I like how he developed uh, in the AHL got a cup of coffee with the Pittsburgh Penguins in the playoffs and the end of the season and like you said was on pace to put up a a great first full year in the National Hockey League and let's be honest I think he's landed a pretty good home if you can oh yeah if you can be a consistent third line guy who's fairly cheap and play for the Penguins with Sidney Crosby I mean to play for the Penguins like that I mean you're you're pretty well off all right, let's fire through the rest of these signings here. Uh, Neil Pionk, who uh, has a sound instead of a name. Uh, two-year deal, <laughs> $6 million, $3 um, million annual average value. Um, a decent player. I think he deserves this bridge contract. He had that highlight goal this past season. YouTube it, folks. It, w- it was something else. Coast-to-coast, uh, coast, east-west, Hudson Bay Row. Good signing, in my opinion. Yep, 26 points, 6 goals in 73 games for the New York Rangers. And he's uh, he split last year with the AHL, the Hartford Wolfpack, and uh, the NHL. We put up points in both leagues. Uh, JT Comfer, barely newer, who was uh, up for the Hobie Baker Award, one of the finalists in his NCAA run, signs a four-year deal, $14 million, 3.5 annual average value and talk about value Dylan because I think that's what the Colorado Avalanche got in JT Comfort hey yeah I, I think it's a good deal um this guy put up 16 goals 16 assists last year hell of a smile in 66 games great hockey db picture check it out folks hockey db.com and, and it looks like he's progressing you know 69 games played in 2017 18 23 points 13 goals and I want to highlight that. He can score goals, this this player. Yep. Uh, this last season, 66 games played, 16 goals, 32 points, and uh, respectable six points, four goals in 12 playoff games. This guy's a goal scorer, and that's what you need, especially if uh, if, if you can, uh, or especially if the Colorado Avalanche face injury, this guy can, you know, tag in um, and play on the top line, you know, get more minutes, and he can be relied upon to do what, 
the team really needs him to do most, which is put the puck in the back of the net. I mean, if they can take, if he can take a half step forward, they have a forty-point guy on their hands. I think, in, in my opinion, for three point five million dollars, which is a pretty good deal. Uh, moving on, and Dylan mentioned I'm wearing a Capitals jersey right now as we record this. Um, I, I, you know, was changing out of my work clothes, and I thought to myself, I got to wear a jersey for the final episode of uh, Stick Ring Podcast, and I mm-hmm. reached and grabbed the first the Johnny Canuck. You know, Vancouver Canucks jersey, and I was like, ah, oh, no, maybe I'll go authentic, stick and rink, baby. But then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, then I just started thinking about Canucks Twitter. I th- started to think about last season, you know, and just like how sad the Sedin's retirement was. And I was like, I don't want the, I don't want to be sad on the last episode of the Stick Ring Podcast. This is a party, so I grabbed my Washington Capitals jersey. You know, former Stanley Cup winners, and um, speaking of the Washington Capitals, Jacob Verana, who was, uh, you know, part of that Stanley Cup victory, signs a two-year deal, a bridge deal uh six million dollars or 6.7 million rather 3.35 annual average value i still think jacob rana has some upside to him sure he's not the most reliable defensive player but that's not his game and he's not used like that on the ice because the washington capitals they're a solid team who you know have the players they need for those respected positions this guy's out there to create offense and uh you know he can play along the boards pretty well because he's a very skilled player I mean, this guy put up 24 goals last season. And yeah, like you said, though, the problem is consistency. Look at his playoff performances. They haven't been that great. I mean, that is true, but he wasn't given a ton of minutes in the playoffs. And I but, mean, but I, for, for a reason, though. No, that's true. Just you know, like, if, it's like Burkowski, you know, he never really, he was streaking the playoffs as well. Exactly. And, you know, if the coach really did trust him to win those important games, he'd be out there more. But you know what? He has the skill 24 goals last season. That is true. 47 points, it's a career high, so they're going to see if he can uh, continue to uh, build upon that moving forward because I, I really like this guy's game. He's got swagger, and he I know, he was in the running for as, almost as drunk as Alex Ovechkin that entire summer partying with the Stanley Cup. Like yeah, He was on that low. Man, there were, that's a high bar. It I, really I, is. I, heard, I think it was Brooks Orpik on the Sticker Ring, or not Sticker Ring podcast. On the, <laughs> I wish. I love Brooks Orpik. He's a, he's a goddamn beauty. But he was on Spin Chicklets, and he was saying that um, Jacob Brown was so drunk, people were taking videos of him, and he had to like talk to him and be like, man, like you're making a fool of yourself. Like yeah. Calm down. Oh, jeez. He's like, you know what? I, I know something about partying with the boys. You're going a little too hard right now in public. So. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, He's when, got the, character, this when kid. the phones come out and the cameras start recording, it's never a good time. Game winning goal. The legend. The game winning goal. The Tiger. The best defender in the league. The best defense in the league. Hey, you suck. You suck at feet. Hey, you suck at feet. Okay. Devante. How is the pasta, Devante? DSP. 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 Yeah, uh, another cap quickly and solid uh, player who played on limited minutes for that uh, 2018 Cup win. Um, this year he took a step forward in the regular season. He's a heart and soul player. Christian Juiced, uh, the young Swede, he was awarded a one-year $1.25 million one-way contract via arbitration. So he's got that one-way deal. He's got that extra Point two five, which again I would love just to get that point two five, um, and that that's great to see because when the Capitals were a little banged up on the back, you know Brooks Orpik, 
you know, he, I don't, I don't know if he was nursing an injury at the time, but he old, he just retired. Um, he was playing some hard minutes in that Stanley cup run. Uh, Matt Niskanen was banged up. This guy would have to go in and, you know, play sometimes against the top players in the world. And I always, I loved watching him play. There you go. I've stroked off the capitals enough. Uh, and we'll, we'll move on. Finally, Braden Point doesn't have a contract, Dylan. We, we can't announce a contract for him. We really can't. I mean, as do many other uh, notable RFAs. I mean, uh, Ivan Provorov from the Philadelphia Flyers is, is another RFA. Yeah. Just just quickly before we, we, we dive into some of the trades here. Um, apparently, I, I heard that you know Montreal was interested, as I'm sure a ton of teams are, but he has no interest in going to Montreal. He His interest lies with Tampa Bay. So I ask you, unlike, you know, perhaps... Mitch Marner, who wants that big old bag of cash, do you think Braden Point may? Because I've heard there, I've heard whispers of him want perhaps uh, willing to sign a short term deal, whether that's just two or three years. But do you think maybe he just si- signs one? Because from what I've heard, he doesn't want to break up the band. He thinks that this group right now, you know, with the Palots, the Johnsons, you know, the Kalorns. They can do it. They're that tight. They have talent on all lines. And why break up the band when last year was an anomaly? Maybe he just signs a one-year deal. And if he does, what number do you think that would be? Because then if the if the, the team fails again in the playoffs, it's like, okay, he's going to sign that big ticket next season. And he could be like, I could give two fucks about the guys who didn't help me win a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, and I think he kind of nailed it there. I mean... If it's a one-year deal, it's kind of whatever they're going to give them, essentially. Right to the cap, hit, the cap hit, I guess. Braden Point knows that the next season, he can get even more than what he's going to sign for today. I mean, he's confident in his play that, you know, they, they can take that risk of, of one year. You know, because it is a risk still at the end of the day for the play, for a player. It always is, yeah. You want, you want cost certainty. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't really answer your question. Well, I, get, well, I don't know how much they're going to well, give them. Well, I guess him, just but. whatever they can pay him that's up to the cap at this point because I'm pretty sure Tampa's the sign everyone they need to sign. Yeah, I mean, and if he's that committed to uh, keeping the same group together, I, I guess that would be the I, answer. Yeah, whatever the cap allows. I guess that's kind of a hot take because it's probably not going to happen. Brady yeah. Point's not going to sign for one year. At most, it's gonna, or at least it's going to be two. But uh, it's just something I wanted to throw out there. I thought that that, that crossed my mind prior to... Uh, prior to going to trail. Well, I was going to say prior to getting on this podcast, but those are one in the same. Uh, other RFA signed, uh, who are signed to reasonable deals, 1.5 to 2.5 range. Ryan Donato, that's why I got that mixed up there. Uh, Connor Carrick of the Devils, Brock McGinn of the Canes, and Oscar Sundquist of Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues. How are you, Tom Franklin of the right. Hockey Podcast Let's Network. get into some trades, Dylan. Start us off here. All right, Toronto has reacquired David Clarkson and his dirty old contract, plus a fourth-round pick from the Vegas Golden Knights for Garrett Sparks. So the backup goaltender, Garrett Sparks, who had a decent AHL career but never really lived up to expectations uh, at the National Hockey League level. The fucking dirty Maple Leafs, Dylan. Well, yeah. I'm pissed. Why, why are you pissed? Well, this deal is such... It's a move that, let's be honest, the Vancouver Canucks regime, they just wouldn't be savvy enough to make. They no. don't have enough people in office to even you know, think, or maybe they don't even have enough people to even make this happen, whether they thought of it or not. I mean, I just don't think that... I just don't think that the Aquilinis, the owner of the Vancouver Canucks... Um, they're willing to just spend you know millions of dollars on a David Clarkson. I think that's what it comes down to too. They don't want to just throw away cash. That is true, but get this. So this actually clears 
cap for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Sickening. Because, you know, David Clarkson on a long-term injured reserve, and so is Nathan Horton. And the Toronto Maple Leafs obviously have both of those contracts now. Um, so this move clears cap because those two contracts, once the season starts, are going to go on the shelf. So right now, with the space that Toronto Maple Leafs have, they re-signed a ton of depth pieces, actually such as free agent uh, Pontus Auberg, for example. Um, and he was one of the many players, I think one of five players that Toronto signed today. Depth pieces, maybe most of them will probably end up with the with the Marlies. But moves that had to be made, though. Exactly. And so I think now that the Toronto Maple Leafs, whether they get offer, get an offer sheet coming in for Mitch Marner or not, have put aside over, I think it's around $10.5 million. And that's the combined deals of both Nathan Horton and David Clarkson. So this basically means that Marner's not going to be signed until the season starts. Because once the season starts, then you declare your cap. Then you put these guys on long-term injury reserve. Boom. 10.5 off the books. You announce the deal with Marner. What? I mean, I'm not tipping my cap to them, but this is... But you almost have to. This is genius. This is this is what had to happen. This is this is uh this is a damn good chess move, Dylan. You and I, you know, I don't know if our listeners know, but we, we like playing chess from, from time to time. Play a little chess of the This globe. is one of those moves that you and Produce T would pull on me. Oh, absolutely. When Isha's uh eyes are a little drowsy, but hey, a great move and they've been they've been making great cost effective moves all summer. They, they really have to. Well they have to. They, well, what they else are they gonna do? Well I know they have to, but at the end of the day that that they can actually get it done. Yeah. We say they have to all the time and then teams can't do it at the end of the day. I guess but they, they've been like, able yeah, to Tampa's do it. Tampa's the only team that's been able to really execute it. Exactly. And who knows if Tampa can do it, you know, moving into the future it's without Stevie there, right? So, yeah, I, I mean, I hate to do it as well, but I, I almost have to tip my cap to the Toronto Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas. Wow. It's... Son of a whore. Anyways, uh, let's move on to an, an interesting deal. Closer to home in the uh, province of Alberta, the Calgary Flames acquire Milan Lucic and a conditional third-round pick for James Neal. Yeah. Who they give up to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. All right. So, not a great move not for the great Calgary luck, Flames. <laughs> I mean, I just don't uh. like this for the Flames. I really don't. I feel like James Neal had a tough time, had a tough season, and now they're going to watch him. You know, what was it? A three, four hour drive north. They're going to watch James Neal put up 20 goals. I, I'm scared that that's what's going to happen. Well, he may even for put the up more. If he, he's only, what, 32 years old, James exactly. Neal? Exactly. I mean, I just think he had an off season. One I really year do. removed? Yeah. He's a, he's a damn good hockey player. I mean, he hasn't just floated by his entire career and just, you know, potted in rebounds. No, this on is every, a talented te- guy. every team he's played for has been able to shoot the puck and shoot it. In the net. Exactly. Unlike Milan Lucic these days, who's fallen off a fucking cliff. Dylan, he scored My God. six goals last year. Six goals. That's, that's I, like I Louis Erickson. I, I heard it on the radio this week. I couldn't believe it. I'm at a loss I don't for believe words it. right now. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable that a guy <laughs> making $6 million. 20 points. Can put up 20 points. And, you know, it just comes down to his skating. This guy can't keep up with the modern well, game. He's got the Stonehands Higgins right now. Stonehands Higgins. And as the Calgary Flames, why would you want this? People are saying, oh, he's going to protect this guy and this guy. Well, did he do it in Edmonton? Not really. And like honestly, he put up penalty minutes and sure, maybe he fought, but like 
protection. Like, get the fuck out of here. He's not even on McDavid's line. Exactly. And, you know, if you think he's going to protect Johnny Goudreau, do you think he can? Do you think he's even in the same play as Johnny Goudreau? Johnny Goudreau is like six strides well ahead of Lucic. Lucic is out of gas trying to catch up to this guy. Buddy, I heard that he was going to be on the second power play. Unit. All right, all like, right. You've got to be kidding me. Okay, like this and, is this you know, is we're sports not ri- radio here. <laughs> we're not ripping on Lucic because we're Canucks fans great, and the old he's Boston had a great thing. Career. He has. He's had an amazing career. And, Man, he was one of the most dominant players for a while as far as power feared, forwards yeah, go. Yeah, he was one of the most feared players on the ice. He told, um, oh, who was it? Oh, he played for the Montreal Canadiens. Hal Gill? No, he had a small stint with the Vancouver Canucks as well, but he was in the in the handshake. He told players, like, I'm going to fucking kill you next year. Like, this guy, you know, he, he feared for his life. Yeah, no, he's an absolute animal. Why, oh, his name is escaping. Weiss? Was it Weiss? Yes, Dale Weiss. Dale Weiss. All right, there we go. There you go. Jogging the, med- the memory. But yeah, Milan Lucic, great career. It's over. And it's <laughs> Calgary Flames fans, I'm sorry, but you got a dud. It, it was bad. Now, the Calgary Flames, um, or sorry, the Edmonton Oilers retain, ooh, a whopping $500,000 annually of Lucic's contracts. But that was basically to make it so the Calgary Flames are doing just a contract swap. So that just... Basically makes it so they're a hundred thousand more than what they would be paying James Neal if he would have remained with the Flames. Um, the third round pick, I believe the condition is that Neal has to score what was it, fifteen more goals in than total Lucic. than Lucic. Yeah, which is what the fuck kind of condition is that? Just give him a third round pick, you bitch. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny Holland, but like, yeah, well, it's, it's already gonna happen anyways. That's true. Um, I mean, this is a win for Ken Holland. Yeah, I mean. James Neal put up seven goals last year, one more than Lucic. I mean, <laughs> that's a win. That's a I win mean, right there. Statistically, Dylan, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, that's true. 19 points. That's three more points. And he's 31, so he's uh, a little bit younger. Well, he's going to be 32. And, and he doesn't like, skate. It's an off year, man. It has to be an off year. No, I, I think it is. Uh, James Neal still has something in him. I mean, he's the real deal, James Neal. So he, he's got it. He's got it, folks. Lyndon Wood is absolutely trolling the hockey world right oh, now, Dylan. Is. Uh, do you see the Instagram post yeah. of Lyndon Wood? He had someone come out to him on Facebook just be like, it's because of you that Flames fans like get a bad rap, blah, blah, blah. Because Lyndon changed his whole profile to like Lucic, all-star flame, you know, was a number 17. But, but we know he's trolling because I don't think he's happy about it. Oh, I know he's crying himself to sleep. Oh, right? <laughs> oh I know that for a fact. All right, we're going to take a break for, from some uh, National Hockey League news. Don't worry, we're going to get into some more NHL news and just hockey news at large before bringing on Ride the Pod. But right now we're going to bring on our uh, former BCHL guest, now a member of the of Boston College of the NCAA and a 2019 16th overall draft pick of the Colorado Avalanche. It's been a pleasure uh, throughout this year to feature Alex Newhook. Colorado selects from Victoria, the BC Hockey League, Alex Newhook. Really skilled offensive player, really good skater. He is what you call a true Canadian prospect. He's born and bred in St. John's, Newfoundland, right at the eastern tip of Canada. There's all his 50, 60 friends, family that are here. I don't want to stereotype Newfoundlanders, but I'm going to guess that they might have had a drink or two before the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, and as I, long as you it, prefaced it with, I don't me, want it. And trust so. me, I know them well enough that they're not going to take offense at that. <laughs> at that.
former captain, the top center of the Victoria Grizzlies of the BCHL, now a first-round pick of the Colorado Avalanche, off to Boston College. It is our pleasure to bring back friend of the show, Alex Newhook. And first of all, congratulations on both the tremendous BCHL season and being drafted into the National Hockey League, buddy. Really appreciate you making time for us in what I imagine is such a busy summer. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Anytime, anytime. All right, well, let's start with the draft. Uh, describe the whole experience in Vancouver. I mean, there's a big local support group here on the West Coast. However, an even bigger support group from your family and friends, which has been widely seen via that clip of you celebrating with your boys on Twitter. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy week. I, it's hard to really put together a few words to you know describe the whole experience. But um, like you said, I mean, being able to share it with, uh, you know, with a large amount of my family and friends and, um, you know, even, even teammates and and former teammates, and, and really, uh, you know, a lot of people that I was connected with, being able to watch it and kind of be able to live it a bit through me was, uh, it was great, and, and the support I received from everyone was uh, just unbelievable. Um, there were various reports of you meeting with the Vancouver Canucks prior to the draft. Um, what other teams did you meet with or, or speak with prior to the NHL entry draft, and do you believe the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche is ultimately a good fit for your skill set down the road? Yeah, um, yeah, I met with uh, I met with Vancouver before. I met with Colorado before the draft again. Um, a lot of teams met with at the combine, so uh, you know it's was, it was kind of tough to um, you know to really have a have a feeling as to as to what team uh, you know I was going to go to on on draft day. So I'm uh, just being patient with it, but I was you know super fortunate to, to be in Colorado. It's you know in terms of teams that are you know set up for the future, I think right now Colorado's you know in one of the best spots, having a young team and. And for me, you know, having the opportunity to, to be among that young core to, you know, moving forward and, and um, you know, to, to potentially be a part of a team that could be in, uh, you know, in contention for the next uh, the next two years, it's, it's really exciting and, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, absolutely. And you said it. it must be just so exciting. And here as a BC hockey fan and someone in the media who, you know, covers junior hockey, I thought it was so cool that, you know, the, the top BC player from the dub and the top BC player from the BCHL both go to the Colorado Avalanche. So that must have been really cool to uh, to be selected uh, a little bit after Bowen Byram. And is there anyone else on uh, the Colorado Avalanche team that you know or have trained with? I mean, like you said, it's a relatively young team after all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm good buddies with uh, Matt Steinberg. I drafted the third round by Colorado. Um, Hellison, guy that's going to BC with me next year. Um, I've uh, met McKay a few times before, so it's kind of nice to have a bit of a, a, bit of a connection there. Um, I mean, Joe and McCarr, I got to speak with them a little bit. Uh, junior A guys that have kind of been through the same kind of thing as me, um, you know, leading up to their pro careers. So um, it's nice to have a bit of that connection there, too. And, and um, yeah, I mean, a great group of guys that, you know, hopefully I'll get to you know, meet, meet a few of the other guys in, in the years to come. Absolutely. Uh, folks, we're joined by Alex Newhook, former Victoria Grizzly, now an Eagle with Boston College. He's also a first-round pick of the Colorado Avalanche. Not a big deal. Tell us about your experience at the NHL Combine, Alex. Uh, look, as a sports fan, I know it's not the be-all, end-all like it can be with the NFL, for example, but there are obvious key advantages of a pre-draft hockey combine for NHL franchises and young players such as yourself alike. Yeah, uh, great experience. They, they put on a great event there in, in Buffalo, and uh, being able to be with you know the top guys in the class, top guys in the world, it was um, it was cool to get to know some of those guys. Um, a lot of meetings, a lot of interviews, and um, you know the, 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 the testing as well. Um, it all kind of comes together for a great week and, and a great way to showcase yourself. 
Um, we talked about being overlooked by Team Canada in the past, but this last summer when they came calling, you answered, and boy, did you ever answer at the IIHF Men's U18, scoring five goals and ten points in seven games. What was it like playing with some of Canada's best prospects? You know, for example, Peyton Krebs and Dylan uh, Cousins, and and furthermore, demonstrating that a talent such as yourself, uh, who developed in the BCHL, can not only skate with the best, but also produce with some of the best prospects in the world. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a great tournament. I think uh, being able to play with some of the top guys in, in the country and uh, and top guys in the world, it was uh, you know it was pretty cool. Really, the first time that I've uh, been able to be at that stage, and um, you know, I, I really just tried to make the most of it. I mean, you know, definitely had a bit of a had a bit of a turn in my stomach from from the Hellenic of the past summer. So, um, just getting back to that stage and, and just wanted as much as I can with it while I was while I was there with that team was, was really my approach to it and. Um, I was lucky to play with some great players, but, but at the end of the day, doing as much as I could was, um, you know, it was, it was great, and I'm, I'm proud of my performance there. And I'm sure all of Canada is proud of you as well, sir. Are you getting excited about Boston College next season? Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, it's nice that it's finally here. It's been a long time coming, so um, now that it's right around the corner, it's, um, it's I'm super excited to get there. Um, obviously, you probably you've met or you probably talked to uh, those involved on the hockey club, but have you met in person with anyone yet, or have you spoken to uh, to someone in regards to what your role or potential role may be next season and where you might fit in with some of your uh, new teammates? Yeah, um, yeah, I've definitely been in contact with the coaches and stuff over the past years, and, and uh, I think, you know, them seeing me develop and stuff, they've uh, they gave a lot of, lost a bit of strength down the middle, so... Uh, you know, having how actually step in to be a you know first second line centerman this year is, is exciting, and uh, that's that's where I want to play, and I think that's where they expect me to be. So um, we'll see what happens, but um, I, that, you know that that's where I you know, I'd hope to be, and and uh, we should have a really strong team, so it's exciting. So you project yourself as a center at the NCAA Division One level. Do you project yourself as a center at the NHL level? Um. I don't know. I, I think uh, you know. I think I show that I can play both positions and, and be effective at both. Um, I, you know, I, I don't really have. I mean, I like playing the middle. I've played the middle for most of my career, but um, you know, I think at the next level, um, having that that adaptability to play either wing or center, um, it's not a huge deal to me. You know, wherever I've been in in a pro lineup, and that's where I'll be. And and um, you know, it's uh, it's not a huge deal to me, really. What position? Lastly, Alex, uh, what is the BC Hockey League. What what is the BC Hockey League meant to you, both as a developing young man and a hockey player? And we'll end off with this one, sir. The floor is yours. Yeah, um, it's you know it, it's been such a great few years in Victoria. I, I couldn't really ask for anything more. I think you know being out there in, in junior hockey itself, it's, uh, it's a different lifestyle and, and getting used to that. Um, but but at the same time, you know having having a balanced school, having a balanced uh, you know responsibilities outside of hockey and. And then, you know, being, being a leader in the second year, being a captain, and, and just really building relationships both years with teammates, coaches, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's been such a great two years, such a great experience for me. Um, Victoria has been, uh, you know, it's really been my home away from home for the past two years, and, and it's a place that's going to be close to my heart for a long time. Alex, you're mature and smart and hell of a hockey player. As always, we thank you for your time and all the time you've provided us here on Stick and Rink. The Canucks are our team, but you better believe the Eagles and Avs will have some local fans as long as Alex Newhook is wearing their respected sweater. Keep up the amazing work, buddy, and have a good summer. I hope to catch up with you uh, once you're comfortable in college. For sure. All right. Thanks again for having me. 
Big thanks again to Alex Newhook for always making time for the Stick and Rink podcast and Stick and Rink radio show. Um, and, you know, he said he's he's down to continue to keep in contact as uh, he continues his career at Boston College. I told him, you know, I won't bother you for the first few sem- or the first semester as I know it, uh, it's going to be a little crazy both, you know, hockey-wise and, you know, first-year university always sucks. Oh, he's just going ham. Um, but it, but it's awesome that he still uh, said that he'd make time for us moving forward in whatever venture uh, we are because I'm pretty sure there's some Minnesota players who are playing for Boston College, some prospects. There so you maybe go. he can get us, uh, get us an in with them. Might have to uh, link him up with Offside by a Mile, our uh, Colorado Avalanche oh, podcast. At Hockey Podcast. Ooh, little, little how are you? Actually, it's the at hockey pod on Twitter. Um, at, at hockey pod net. There you go. Uh, this is for you. Third time's a charm. This is for you, all the Flames fans who in the uh, previous segment before Newhook uh, were crying over Lucic. Now, folks, if that ain't Callwood, I don't know what is. Um, all right. Let's get into this next story. I'm sure you've all kind of ran it. You know, heard about it. You've you've heard the rundown of it on your sports podcasts or radio feeds. But Dylan, we haven't really talked about it yet, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Artemi Panarin criticized Vladimir Putin's current regime on uh, this move. Golvin YouTube channel. Full translation is on actually uh, Slava Malamud uh, does America.com. Slava Malamud, a uh, former KHL reporter, former NHL reporter, now uh, working as a professor, I believe, in the United States. He's still very active on Twitter, both politically and in the hockey world. Uh, here's some audio of him talking about this. Well, first of all, he said that Putin has been in power too long. And he needs to step aside and let the let the fresh blood in. And uh, then he countered the usual the usual talking point to Russian politics says, yeah, I mean it's not ideal that the same person is in power all the time, but there is no alternative to him. And and Panarin said, that's that's nonsense. Uh, of course, there's no alternative. We have a huge country, lots of people, and uh, there is there's definitely somebody who could do a better job. It's just you know they're not uh, they're not uh, being uh, given the freedom to express themselves. They're not being the free, uh, given the freedom to uh, spring up into the political life. And um, and then he said that uh, the Russian government lies, and there's a lot of propaganda on TV, which is not news to anyone. Anyone anybody with half a brain knows that. Anything that is said on a state-owned TV station is a lie. Uh, and then he also said that uh, he rejects that idea uh, that sports and politics should be separate. Uh, and he had a tremendous uh, quote there. He said, um, well, if, uh, if sports and politics are separate, why are politicians getting into sports? Why are they playing hockey? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe Vladimir Putin needs to sell his skates. And uh, that, that to me was a tremendous goal. I think sell your skates should be a, should be a new hockey chirp. Dylan, your thoughts? I mean, Artemi Panarin. I mean, he just better watch out. You just you just never want to step out of line when it comes to Putin. This if you know what I mean. This is in Russia. Yeah. So the, on YouTube. I mean, I hope he has a, a pretty strong wheelbarrow for for his balls to put in while he's walking around. Yeah, because he's got man, some big balls. He's got some big balls. That small guy. Small player with big balls. <laughs> the bread man. Not the bread man. But yeah. It's, uh, I'm kind of worried for his life. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to say anything more because I don't know who's listening. All right. <laughs> I don't know who's listening to this podcast. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shout out. In all seriousness though, it's, um, it's pretty crazy to see 
uh, a Russian player take this stance, which is a stance of neutrality, and which he mentions in the interview. And again, you can read the whole thing transcribed uh, from Slava Malamud on his website. Um, but he just, you know, called out things that just weren't right with the country, things that, you know, weren't fair. And that he said, ultimately, I've, I've started to, you know, like living in America more. That That's more home just be, because of, you know, the perks and, you know, freedom, for lack of a better term. And uh, I've never been to Russia myself, so this might be a little bit ignorant for me to say, but I, I don't blame him. Yeah. I really don't. And, and another thing is a lot of athletes, especially hockey, Russian hockey players, are very are very vocal for Putin rather than just not posting anything, much like uh, Alexander Radulov, who actually doesn't comment at all. He will say no comment, so you can kind of guess where his priorities lie. He's not getting into it at all for... Perhaps fear of his life or just fear of his family or just or the safety of his family or just for the fact that he's like, I'm not even just going to get my face involved in this. But Alex Ovechkin, for example, all all about the publicity with Vladimir yeah. Putin. And there's a, a ton of other NHL players who are on the New York Rangers, you know, Buchnevich, for example, and Nemestikov, who I believe, um, you know, ha- have had photo ops with Putin and who've maybe been vocal about uh, his, you know, the positives of his regime um, in their eyes and stuff like that. So it is going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to fire anything up in the locker room, but all, but the one thing is come training camp, all three of these Russians on the New York Rangers are going to be questioned about this. So it, I'm, I'm interested to see just from a hockey perspective, how that plays out, you know, as, you know, preseason starts and camps start going and chemistry uh, starts building towards uh, a new season. One thing that has played out beautifully though, Oh, are the jerseys from Da Beauty League. And your segue there, my friend. Wow. Uh, These Da Beauty League jerseys are amazing. I'm going to post this on social media uh, right when I start editing this podcast, Dylan, because from Bic to Wacer to RBC, absolutely gorgeous. You might even call them beauties from the Beauty League. Now, I don't have any stats from Da Beauty League other than Brock Brock Besser had a cannon in one of the first (laughs) few games. Um, and I bet you Canucks Twitter is just going nuts. Oh, they were. You can every outlet, you know, even you know the Daily Hive and everything. Uh, pass it to Bullis. And, and, it's, and it's funny because three weeks ago he had a broken arm. But anyways, anyways, uh, yeah, he was hiding his arm under a towel, his extra towel. Don't forget to bring a towel. Um, it's, I'm going to talk a little bit about Wayne Simmons. You know, we we talked about him uh, in regards to his contract in our free agent talk uh, last week or maybe the week before on the radio show. Anyways. Settled for a one-year deal just north of $5 million. Um, I actually heard that Minnesota is very interested in him, but they a lot of teams, including themselves, just didn't want to give him that fifth year. So they settled for Zuccarello, which now they gave him a bigger contract. But anyways, that's another story. <laughs> Back to Wayne Simmons. I think that if he produces again goal-wise, especially on the power play, he still may get paid. Now, he may... This, this is the fifth year that he's probably forfeited as a result of not signing a long-term deal. So I, I imagine his next deal, if he plays well, it's going to be a high AAV and around four years, Dylan. But back to my original point, he is a power play goal scoring machine. He scores at least just 24 goals in uh, each of his last full NHL seasons. But on the power play, and I couldn't find the tweet, ladies and gentlemen, from TSN Stats uh, prior to recording here, but uh, these numbers are pretty close. He's around 8th in power play scoring in the last 10 years, and I believe 3rd in the last 5 years. Man, that is a hashtag stat guy if I've ever seen one. Yeah, those those are some unbelievable numbers, and it it is kind of funny looking at the whole contract situation. He wanted that 5th year, never got it. 
and he ended up signing a one-year deal with the Devils. But I, I guess the AAV was was there, and he saw you know potential with the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, great power play contributor, absolutely. Ninety-four power play goals in his career. <laughs> How are you? That's insane. That is insane. He's a power forward. Yeah, and he you scores know, over twenty goals every year. And he's not a guy that people typically bring up when they're talking about the power play. Dude, Top power play guys. He's been one of the most underrated National Hockey League players in a major market that is Philadelphia. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because you you would think that Philadelphia would love a player like Wayne Simmons. I mean, he seems to be their their type. You know, he started out as a fighter. He did exactly, and he's transitioned yeah. into a skilled power forward. I mean, that's exactly what you would want. Man, he put up in 2015 16, 147 penalty minutes, 32 goals, 60 points. How are you? Yeah, that's a hell of a season. I fucking love Wayne Simmons. I told the story uh, a few weeks ago on how in NHL 14 there was the glitch and I put him on the Sedin line and he got over like 100 and, you know. 70-some goals and like 146 points or something yeah, like that. Real, real realistic game there. Yeah, loved him ever since. All right. Real uh, real tough game you had. Moving on to some more news here as we fire through it. Rasmus Ristolainen uh, was fined more than Timu Solani for a speeding ticket in Finland, if you can believe it, Dylan. Uh, 135 grand cha-ching. <laughs> 135 grand. Now, because in Finland, um, you get fined for speeding and other things based on your income. This is this is the fine in American dollars. And now uh, now an elementary school is being built <laughs> just <laughs> off of one speeding ticket from Rasmus Ristolainen. That's how that's how they work, baby. Um but how crazy is that? Uh, I I heard he was going to dispute it. I haven't heard anything since. You really think the cops not going to show up to a court case with an NHL player? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> exactly. 135 grand case. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, there, there you go. Think of it that way, Rasmus Ristolainen, who, you know, the trade talks on him are still brewing, by the way. Um, yeah, you can build a brewery with that kind of money. He, he makes a decent paycheck. You know, th- think of it this way, Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, a school, like Dylan suggested, is being built now because of, uh, because of this fine. I-, I wonder what car he was driving. I-, I don't have the story up in front of me. I just heard this on the radio, so I jotted it Oh, it was, it was some German. Some German. Some German. Um, here's a story that I think you'll love, Dylan. Uh, fatty. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. You know, fatty. Not the cool cat. <laughs> but Fatty Jake Dodgins is back on the Stick Ring Podcast. And he's reached a settlement with the Tampa Bay Lightning upon filing for grievances. And grievances beyond a tummy ache and cramps, ladies and gentlemen, from those uh, U-Pick gummies. We're talking Twinkies. In the studios. Um, and those Twinkies. Um, after his contract was terminated last fall, he was owed over $500,000, uh, from the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, last year. He was, last year he was in the final year of a $1.6 million contract. Uh, upon being released by Tampa last year, uh, he signed with the Ducks for eight hundred grand, and now he has signed with the Stanley Cup champs, the St. Louis Blues. Um, I don't have any information on what the settlement was. I imagine he was paid out a fraction of what he believed he was he would uh he was owed um clearly in some sort of shape now to at least be able to play with uh the St. Louis's farm team i i guess so i mean is he the new patty maroon no he's a defenseman <laughs> yeah we might have to take off the the fatty part uh but i <laughs> i don't think i can ever do it he came in 30 to 35 pounds overweight yeah yeah over, so and i'm talking over his playing weight like what was expected of him now and it's a hockey player they don't expect much yeah 
And, you know, this is a professional athlete, so, you know, we're allowed to rip on him for something like that. I, I really do feel justified in doing that because, man, you know, you're, you're paid a contract, you're paid to be a professional athlete, and you show up 40 pounds overweight, you you are not a committed you guy at that point. drinking beer and yeah. eating hot dogs all, like, all Like, you're chilling with like, Phil all the off Unless season. you're fucking Phil Kessel. Yeah, you can't do it. Because his bar is so low that they're like, oh, Phil, like, you didn't get any fatter, so we're good. And he's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was me eating a hot dog. There you go. So, you know, it, it's kind of funny, though. It's going to be the last of our uh, fatty, fatty, fatty Jake Dodgson Watch updates. The fucking, like, Iowa's going to acquire him. The Wild are going to oh, trade Oh, God. Uh, anyways, um... Goodbye, Fatty Jake Jochen. Let's get into some uh, Vegas Golden Knights news. And we have uh, some big Vegas Golden Knights news coming out from the Hockey Podcast Network Jesus soon, ladies and Christ, gentlemen. It's going to be huge. So don't forget to follow at HockeyPodNet. Got it right that time. Nailed it. But anyways, back to the Vegas Golden Knights. On the ice, um, Nikita Gusev, who was brought over prior to the playoffs this year but uh, did not play, is still looking for a contract. And Vegas is both not willing to pay him what he and his agent are asking nor do they have the cap space even if they met his price which is above four million dollars annual average term i think four is probably the lowest that nikita gusev would go uh, i heard he was asking 4.5 from the vegas golden knights i mean he is a damn good player um all the scouts have said you know there, there's no russian factor here he, he not only rips up the khl but he looks like an like just an all-star hockey player at the core not just an all-star uh khl player he had 82 points last year in 62 games he is in his prime he's 26 27 uh years old vegas is trying to trade him but a lot of teams are up against the cap this year um i, I think he uh, i've read that he does want to play in the nhl because um, hell he's, he's earned an opportunity um, however, he's not opposed to going back to SKA because he's the I mean, best player in the in the Continental Hockey League. You got to play somewhere, right? I mean, and you got to get paid too. And he's right now at his peak. Like he, he's he's putting up twenty points over the games played. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think a team should and and will take a a chance on a guy like this, especially if it's at a fairly low cost. And, how much and, are they going to trade? Well, that's 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 the, that's the point, right? It's. Uh, you know, you don't want to give up too much value for a guy like it's this. It's a cap dump, and he's not even signed. That's how cap-strapped Vegas yeah, is right no, now. I mean, that's... they had to get rid of uh, uh, of Clarkson, for example, right? Yeah, no, that's that's true. How so. crazy does is it that they're going for it right now i know it is crazy but it, ma- it makes sense you no, know i mean it does but it's just it's just it's, you would have never thought we that we grew up in the you know the day the 2000 ladies and gentlemen those teams they weren't gonna make it <laughs> and they still <laughs> haven't <laughs> they still haven't hey columbus they beat tampa i mean there, there's a there's a pat in the back there but. <laughs> they won two playoff series are you shitting me i said a pat in the back i didn't even say a medal <laughs> Um, ribbon? Speaking of uh, Russians, you know, Nikita Gusev, the Russian there, uh, Alex Ovechkin, uh, representing the NHL in Beijing as ambassador as part of the National Hockey League's outreach program. So he's going to be involved in some youth uh, hockey clinics, interviews, business development meetings, etc. Um, does all this work? And I and ask you, Dylan, and, and our listeners, you know, um, in the past, you know, growing the game in a massive country, for example, does all this work have implications for the upcoming olympics as well i mean are we going to see nhl players at the olympics well i mean i mean i I guess it shows that the nhl is is trying to push towards that if you're if they're representing 
you know, th their brand in Beijing where the next Olympics are going to take place. Yeah, but I do know that they're trying to just grow the game in China because why no, wouldn't you? Exactly. And that's that's been another thing that they've been constantly been doing over the last... So many people I, I say there. three summers, yeah. they've really been pushing this move out east. And they've been playing more and more games out in China. Um, the KHL yep. has a team in China. The former Canadian Women's Hockey League had a team in China. It's, uh, it's growing. Actually, my <laughs> if favorite... If that makes sense. My, yeah, my favorite interview, honestly, to date... From the Spitting Chickens podcast was Brandon Yip, and he plays hey. for the the Shenzhen team in, in China for the KHL. That's right, and they're they're actually moving, aren't they? He said that they're going to move. Right. The, I think they're moving into Shanghai or maybe Beijing. It's one of the two major cities. Yeah, one of the two. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if it was either of the two. No, exactly. Because both have rinks now. I mean, major cities in China now have really nice state of the art rinks. That they're I European style, so they don't look like um, they don't have the the same seating arrangements. You know. That, that we have in regards to our sight lines and you know the nosebleeds and stuff like that they're very much like those boxy ones we see in Finland right. but they're pretty they're pretty nice no I mean a, a brand new Chinese arena would be a sight to see it, it really would be I mean oh, they, yeah. they know how to build shit there oh that's true um, finally staying on the Russian train goalie Bob Sergei Bobrovsky has disclosed why he did not re-sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets so bear with us shoot once Frank again shoot once frank he's uh, covering the columbus blue jackets on the hockey podcast network in and october we just uh and we're giving away a zach rowenski signed puck so go follow at hockey pod net but anyway staying on the russian train i'm in regards to goalie bob um he has some complaints about the columbus blue jackets and it seems like after the season um players open up to their you know native sports media markets about discomfort <coughs> Fucking Louis Erickson. Anyways, Bobrovsky told uh, the team last summer, Columbus, after the Washington Capitals playoff series loss, that he would not resign. Like, there's that no extension is coming. Um, and there was drama all year. He was quoted saying, I was suspended by the team. There were some conflicts in, in the team, a lot of meetings, and, and some of them just because <laughs> of me. So I imagine Torts sometimes just fucking made compilation videos of oh, just God. Bob just fucking up and just roasting. Like, you can only imagine. Especially manage, if management's like, he's not signing, like, yeah. just go nuts. And, and Tortorella is already, he doesn't have a soft spot for, for goalies. No. So he, he's already pretty hard on them, and a guy like Bobrovsky, yeah, he probably ripped a shit out of him however Bavarovsky stated that still despite all of that despite you know his him saying that he's not going to resign and the, the drama and you know, working with torts uh the jackets did try to extend him all season long i mean that I, I totally understand that that yeah i'd be surprised if they didn't i mean they're pretty goddamn desperate so yeah i'd be trying to sign him too yeah and that's all as per tsn ladies and gentlemen all right a ton of national hockey league news thank you very much to the hockey gods for providing us with shit to talk about on our last episode of Stick and Rink, Dylan. Season 2 finale of the Stick and Rink podcast. Hey, and let's be honest here. For the past two years, I mean, we chose a pretty good time period to start a hockey podcast. You know, Vegas entering. There's been a before lot of... Before the expansion draft. It was right before. Right, Yeah, exactly. Right before the expansion draft. You know, the Washington Capitals win a Stanley Cup. You know, the, the Blues winning a cup and just all the drama that ensued in the mean. Meanwhile, I mean, it's it's been a hell of a two years. It has been a hell of a two years. And you haven't seen The Last of Us yet because on August 4th, don't forget to tune in to the final... CHLY 1017 FM Stick in Rink Radio Show. Again, August 4th, 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time. You can download the podcast if you miss any part of the show 
or you can stream it, chly.ca. Let's bring on our second guest of the evening, a principal data architect at ISO New England, former programmer slash analyst for Spalding Sports, a senior consultant for various data companies, oh, and the founder of the popular hockey stats website, HockeyDB. He can conceived, implemented, and designed the site, still maintains it today. It is an absolute pleasure to introduce Ralph Slate. Welcome to the Sticker Ring Podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, let's start at the beginning, Ralph. As a Massachusetts man, uh, your development must have been steeped in uh, Boston sports. Uh, what's your connection to hockey, and what, what was the inspiration behind Hockey Database? Well, I live in Springfield, which is a little bit to the west of Boston, and we've had an American Hockey League team here for years and years. And in fact, the uh, the, the New England Whalers played here uh, a little bit in the 70s. And when I was a kid, I used to go to the games, um, and I just really got into hockey. And I went to college. I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic, which is uh, where Adam Oates played and Joey Juno played there, and uh, Darren Pupa, a number of other players. And so that kind of kept my interest alive. And uh, I'm really a big history buff, and I like computers, and so it all just sort of came together. How did it all begin, and how has the how has the website evolved since uh, it started in 1996? Well, boy, yeah, that was a long time ago. So back in 1996, you know, it was not updating in, in real time. That was, you know, like it was like the dark ages of the internet in some ways, and. Uh, so I was just really typing in the data manually back then. Um, everything was kind of happening after the season ended. It's certainly grown in time over the years, uh, you know, because really my, my interest lies for, with the historical information. So I try to go and find old leagues and, and just kind of try to pull in all kinds of old information, stuff that's buried in old newspapers or old books and that kind of thing. Um, you know, my inspiration for the site was really to try to locate where players were. So when I was in college, we would uh, talk in the dorm and we would wonder where the, the various alumni had gone to play. And uh, there was no good reference back then to, to find all this in one place. You'd have to sort of look through the hockey news or you'd buy a book after the season ended or you'd maybe hear a rumor from somebody. So I just started to compile this information into a database and it got, it got large really fast and it was too big for a book. And the internet was just about kind of kicking off right around then. This is the mid-90s and it seemed like a really good fit and it just really grew from there. Yeah, I, I think the only really good uh, or similar reference at the time was that book, like the Hockey Chronicles, that and Hockey Cards, right? Um, I, I read that you are the sole employee of HockeyDB. I mean, why is that? I, I know it does not demand a whole team as the simplicity slash user friendliness of the website is what makes it so valuable. But surely a couple extra hands wouldn't hurt, no? It wouldn't hurt, but I guess that's just kind of my personality. I'm, I'm very exacting and... You know, I, I would. I really don't want to sort of lose control of things. And, you know, I know that there are other sites out there which, when they've opened things up, you know, false information starts to get in there because not everybody is, is accurate or is, you know, sometimes, you know, they, they believe uh, when somebody sends them an email that says, hey, you know, I play for this and this and that team, they believe them right up the front, right up front. And, you know, I found over the years that that's not always true. Um, you know, people, unfortunately, do like to lie and they like to try to fake their way into the site. Uh, well, you, you kind of highlighted this uh, a moment ago, but we'll get into it now. Uh, tell us about how your system works, like the ins and outs. Uh, how do you go about getting all these players 
uh, on the website. I mean, junior players, women's and men's pro. I, I know it's not the dark ages anymore, so you don't have to do it manually. Uh, and how early do you track young players? And in the same light, how do you go about your research in regards to going back many, many years? Uh, you said you're a history buff, you know, looking for the, the former players in not only the National Hockey League, but in the various leagues historically. Yeah, sure. That's a lot to cover. So, I mean, now, you know, a lot of it is automated um, because all of the leagues publish the information online, right? So it's easy enough to sort of sync that up. I mean, it's not trivial, but, you know, especially for, for more popular players like in the NHL, everybody kind of knows who they are, and so that's easy. It gets challenging when you get to some of those lower junior leagues because the data is not quite as good. Uh, a lot of times they spell the players' names wrong or – you know, they just kind of they just kind of make mistakes. So there's a lot of sort of cleansing that takes place there. Um, so it's all it's all kind of automated right now. And then as far as the historical data, um, you know, I've uh, I'm a big collector of things. So I collect hockey programs and hockey guides. That's a really big source of the information. That's how the site kind of started. Was you know I went through these old hockey guides, the old sporting news guides, and they had you know luckily had a good historical record of the various leagues going back to the 70s. And then I expanded it from there, and I found the old NHL guides, old AHL guides. Uh, one thing that's been really helpful is over the years, people actually send me information. So one one time, somebody who used to be the statistician for the Manitoba Junior Hockey League sent me mimeograph sheets from the league from the mid to early 70s. Wow. You know, and this is stuff that, you know, you can't find that because they didn't really give it to anybody. But this guy right. happened to have it in a filing cabinet, and he, he mailed it to me. So... You know, I like to add that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't go back, you know, down. I don't go to, like, high school players. I think that's just really, honestly, just too early to, to include somebody's information. I mean, there's really no frame of reference to know if somebody scored 40 goals for a high school team. You know, who knows how good the league was? It just seems a little, a little bit excessive. So I go back to essentially like a junior A level. Um, so it's just when players kind of hit, hit that sort of, uh, you know, a little bit of an older age and when they're kind of known that they're in the in the system so to speak um you know that's when they kind of go in and i go through old newspapers um one thing that you know i really was lucky to find a few years ago uh, was the eastern hockey league so this is the league that the movie slapshot was based on uh and they kept really really poor records you know they published really not very much information they missed players when they published their stats and I found on eBay the, the, their actual score sheets from the league. Somebody had them in, uh, like in a garage, basically, and he died, and somebody bought the collection and sold them to me on eBay. And it's all the original score sheets from, from these games. So this is the, like the official information from the 1950s and 60s that it's, it's, it's irreplaceable. I mean, you know, to have these sheets and now to be able to find missing players and find the mistakes that they made when they, when they scored their games. Um, and, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I do. Amazing stuff, Ralph. Um, share with us a story about a player or animated hockey parent contacting you in regards to statistical changes, whether it was points, penalty minutes, save percentage, vital stats, etc. I mean, there must be some weird or memorable ones. Oh, I, I get them. You know, that's probably one of the largest sources of, of my emails. Um, you know, even just today, I got one saying, hey, you know, you got my, my height down uh, at, at 5'11", and I'm really 6'1". And, you know, I had to write back to the guy and say, listen, the league said that you're 5'11". I don't know if you're 5'11 or not, um, but, you know, I can't really take your word for it because I know a lot of players want to inflate their numbers. You know, they, they know that people will look at the site and use that to judge them. And, you know, whether that's right or wrong, 
you know, that's what happens. And so they try to boost things up. Um, you know, one time I had, it was actually um, the general manager of a uh, American Hockey League. No way. I'm sorry. It was, it, it, and he had contacted me and he said, hey, you know, I've got this information for you. I played at this college and here are my numbers. And so I was hesitant and I said, all right, you know, you seem kind of credible. You are the GM of a, of a, of a team. I added them. A few years later, I found that they weren't quite right. I mean, he didn't really lie. He just remembered them a little bit off. It was mostly, you know, an assist or two or penalty minutes were a little bit off. He was close, but, you know, and that, that taught me a lesson, which is really don't trust anybody and, and really require documentation because I just don't want the information to be wrong. I mean, that's really the, the key thing here is I want this to be accurate. This isn't Wikipedia. This is, you know, this is a real reference tool and a research type website. Absolutely. Folks, we're speaking with Ralph Slate, founder of Hockey Database. Give both Ralph and HockeyDB a follow on Twitter at or DB Ralph and at Hockey underscore DB. Ralph, in 2011, you hit around 600,000 visitors a day, about 10 million page views slash hits per month. And that is actually when I first began really following the game, you know, joining local sim league forums, memorizing all sorts of statistics. I used your site for everything as, like you said, Wikipedia was not always accurate. And at the time, there were only a few other options outside, you know, the reference brand. You know, Elite Prospects wasn't even relevant at the time. Uh, What does your traffic look like today, if you don't mind sharing? You know, honestly, I don't have it off the tip of my head, but, I, you know, I think it, it definitely varies. Um, I think probably this month it's going to be around 11 million page views, but that's because it's the summertime. And I think I probably get close to around 20 million, uh, you know, during the busy the busy periods of time. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I don't have that right at, the finger, at my fingertips. Well, just along the same topics, I imagine Canada and the USA are the most popular users. I mean, recent years, where else in the world ranks high traffic-wise? You know, something that kind of stood out and raised your eyebrows. Uh, well, let's see. I mean, I would say my next couple of big ones are probably uh, Finland and Germany. Or those are a couple of you okay. know, countries. But, you know, you know, there's definitely a language barrier. I'm not, I, I, I unfortunately don't know, I, I only know English, unfortunately. I don't even know French. But, you know, I, I certainly can't speak German or, or, or Finnish. And so I can't really translate the site into those, um, into those languages. But, you know, those countries have their own sites as well, too. So I've, I have gone back and added a lot of old Russian uh, league information that had not previously been available. I found that. I bought a bunch of old, like, Russian hockey guides from somebody on eBay really, really cheap a number of years ago. And I got, like, the Russian First Division and their and their Elite League. You know, I've been – that's another thing I've been trying to focus on is the Swedish information. And it's just – it's there because, you know, I think it's, it's important. I mean, not so much in that somebody from Sweden really, you know, is going to be coming to my site because I, I don't think they will. But it's just so that the information is complete, so that people can see it. And occasionally you do get North American players who wind up in these leagues. So it's just a good thing to have. Well, and so many people are following younger players, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, you know, those first-round draft picks who, you know, stay in Europe for a, a couple more years. So I can imagine how it's the, the value of that is growing uh, in, in more recent years as everyone now, you young hockey fans are all on their phones or, or all online. Um, speaking of online, and, uh, and we mentioned Twitter a bit ago, I saw that tweet from Elite, Pro- Elite Prospects with the two mugs, uh, one with your website on it and one with theirs. And I believe the caption was along the lines of uh, trolling. Can you honestly tell us, Ralph, that you do not have anyone on the inside there? Oh, no, I don't work with the elite prospects at all. No, I don't, I don't work with anybody. I, I, there's one guy that I work with who does my Twitter stuff. Um, he's been really good at that lately. 
but uh, yeah, I don't have any any contact with them really. Well, in all seriousness, uh, what sets your product apart from sites, you know, for example, like Elite Prospects? I know, like you said, you're more interested in the historical aspect of hockey. Um, is that kind of the angle that you take? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I don't want to toot my own horn here, but you know, a lot of the information that you'll find on the internet originated on my site to be honest i mean you know like there's not a bunch of guys out there working for other sites who are going through digging through old ihl media guides from the 1950s that stuff is what i did um it wound up other places of course but you know i'm going back and doing that type of historical research and the one thing that i really think sets my site apart is that i think it has the right amount of stats on it i mean you know it would certainly it could certainly add more but i really just don't think it's that relevant to add information about a player when he was 12 years old or 13 years old or to add players who played in like a junior c league you know a couple of games i mean i think that that's just sort of overkill i mean that that's sort of like something you find in like a you know it's like a phone book versus an encyclopedia in some ways so i try to make my information very focused very targeted very very clean and easy to see um the thing that i like that i introduced a couple years ago was the coloring which I always actually had on my own PC, and I said, hey, this is something that I, I really enjoy. I, you know, it's sort of like you look at the player at a glance, and you can see just where, what type of a player they are. You know, if it's all sort of like orange, that's an NHL player. If it's all blue, that's a, an OHL or a major junior player. So it's just a, it's, a, it's an easy way to view the data. It's sort of like a visual uh, effect. Great points there, and yeah, I, that's such a great way to describe it because – Everyone who looks up hockey stats is automatically drawn to hockey database. Uh, one last question here, Ralph. Uh, any updates or cool features about the site that you'd like to share with our listeners? I mean, we have a segment on our show called uh, Names of the Game where we highlight some of the more quirkier or just best names in hockey. So as you can imagine, we always use your site prepping for that segment. And whilst performing, we love having a little fun clicking through like the headshots of the players as we can see the them age throughout the seasons. Um, so our listeners do know about that. Secret already, but what what else can you tell us about Hockey Database as we uh, conclude here, sir? Well, that's a good question. I'm working. I'm working a lot of things all the time, and so um, you know, I think right now, just look for more information. I'm trying to go back, and uh, I'm going to probably start putting some historical box score information on the site. Uh, you know, stuff that I get out in newspapers. Um, trying to make it a little bit more mobile friendly. I know that you know it's, it's not the best. It's uh, that's been a little bit of a hard transition for me. Uh, player photos is a really good one too. I, I know you, you said you like to, to click on them, and that's not something that's really that obvious. But uh, no, I, I mean it's just whatever sort of occurs to me. And really, I, I mean I sort of write the site for for things that I like to do and I like to see, um, and that's sort of what translates into what other people like. So whatever I come up with in the next year, that's what's going to be there. I have to be honest, Ralph. As a Vancouver Canucks fan, I was a little taken aback to learn that the creator of one of my favorites and arguably the most revolutionary hockey stats website in the world was created by someone from Massachusetts, probably a Boston Bruins fan, but you are a good man, sir, and it was truly an honor to speak with you. We're out of time here. We thank you for yours. Enjoy the rest of your summer, and I look forward to catching up down the road. Great. Thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure to feature Ralph Slate on the Stick of Ring podcast, Dylan. Again, we're we're huge fans of his website. We've been using it forever. And it's, it, I almost was starstruck talking to the man <laughs> who created it. And um, though he's a Massachusetts boy, he's a good man. He's a good man. And he's got an amazing website, folks. HockeyDB.com. All right. 
This is the part of the show where I'm most excited for it. Oh, here we go, folks. We are about to bring on the line Josh and Elijah from Ride the Pod. I went I went Absolutely. to the Roxy last week on Mother's Day. Oh my gosh. On Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. Your mother I was be proud of you I that. was hunting. <laughs> I was hunting. And you know what? I struck out a couple times. That's okay. We're back. And what a time. What a greasy little matchup they Dude, got you just there. got bottles of El Himidor just rocking little teenagers. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined now on the line by Elijah and Josh, the new hosts of the Sticker Ring Podcast. A couple of young guns. They're joining us here. How's it going, boys? Oh, oh boys, we're feeling good right now. We're the fresh legs on the ice. We're ready to get it going. Yeah, dude, I'm fired up. Like, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Steve Ballmer's reaction today to getting Kawhi and Paul George, but that's pretty much my reaction. Like, <laughs> get up. Get up! Come on, get up! If you were as tight as I am, get up! Get up. Get hey, up. that's uh, that's good to hear. Hey, that, that's what we want to hear. Hey, you're some top-end prospects, though. There's there's some expectations here, boys. Yeah, second and oh, third yeah. overall, like the Sedins. Yeah, I feel, I feel like our potential, like, if you guys have ever played NHL and, you're like, you're a rookie and your potential, like, we have grade A potential right now. Yeah. We're lowly rated because we're new on the block, but, oh, our potential's great. As Five long st- as we stay the weed and just under six years an episode, <laughs> I think this is going to go well. <laughs> Five stars, baby. Five stars. Um, first of all, uh, we just wanted to get you guys to introduce yourselves, but before all that, uh, how's your evening going? Pretty good. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm not drinking tequila right now, but I am drinking moonshine from a mini Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, Dude, you are you're all types of committed, man. I love that. I mean, it's... it's epi- Is there any other way, though? Uh, it, it's, it's Colwood as fuck, as we'd say here on the Stick Ring podcast. And, uh, yeah, is there any other way to drink moonshine? I mean, I'm in my Washington Capitals jersey. I know it's a, a year a year removed, but still, I just keep partying like Ovechkin. He's- yeah, and, and your jeans are just drenched in beer, too, because you've been slamming in those pops. Yeah, we've been partying here on the last episode, boys. I love it. That's, that's it. I love it. The party never ends with the Stick and Ring boys. That's why we brought you aboard. All right, let's uh, let's move into our final segments of the show, Dylan. Let's get into the, the the longest standing segment on this program, the one that you created, the names of the game. Gulalame Latin Dursi with chicken. Oh, they face off got turnaround shot traffic out of front loose puck they shoot they score. Bo Meester. Paid that man his money! Kabakuli. Nabuin? They score! You're my boy, Blue! I've never heard these names before. Who's your daddy and what does he do? Where the hell is this going? Alright, folks, it's time for the names of the game. Last week, we gave you the names. We gave you the options on our Twitter poll. And here are the names. Hunter Skinner, Josh Nodler, barely newer, Vladislav Firstov, and Stacy 
roost. Now, before we get into the results, boys, Elijah and Josh, I want to know who do you think is going to win this poll? Which is the best hockey name here? I Honestly, uh, I feel like with any guy that has the name Stacy, that guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> that guy Dude, that guy can look at a girl, he doesn't have to say a word, and she's like on his arm. Do you think he's like, North American? He is easily a North American. He's like, a, I guarantee he's probably some from some random state. He probably plays hockey in like North Iowa, North Dakota, Ohio. He's probably an Ohio kid. He probably plays for Ohio State. Dude, I, the only thing, like when I, when I read Stacy Rose, anytime I see the name Stacy, automatically reminds me of Stacy Keebler. Or Stacey's mom. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Oh, she's got it going on, let me tell you. Yeah, so Stacey Keeler, like, the way I picture the Stacey Rose guy, like, he's got to be a long leg hockey player. Like, probably 6'6", all legs, though. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So that's personally why I would choose that name. But also, I think the first name Hunter Skinner, like, that guy's, like, spin zone for you, that guy's vegan. I bet you didn't expect that. I did not expect that at all. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. All about avocados. It's hunting and skinning up. And that guy probably flies down the ice. Oh, true. He probably skates like the wind. Yeah. Easily. So that's, that's my take. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. been unconventional, but like, yeah, it's my take. All right. Well, Dylan asked me on our radio show last week, and I told him that, you know, I- I'm a Simpsons <laughs> fan, so Hunter Skinner. Skinner! As per the clip that I just played, w- was my guy. Stacy Roaster Roost. However the hell his last name is pronounced. I thought that one was cool. But Dylan, A, who is your pick? And B, who the fuck won the last names of the game poll on the Stickering Podcast season two finale? I'll be honest. I, I was leading towards Josh Nodler. Barely I really knew was. Her. Barely knew where Josh Nodler. But you know what? Vladislav first off comes out with 52% winning this wow. poll. A, a bit unexpected, to be quite honest. Yeah. Like, first off, that's a bit of a, a crying shame. <laughs> Oh, we set you up beautifully. Whew, how are you? Someone had to say it. The irony in this, boys, is that uh, first off is actually a second-round pick by the Minnesota Wild, the team that we're taking over on the Hockey Podcast Network, and he was drafted this year in Vancouver, and uh, he's a hell of a player. So we're going to profile him quick as we do on the Stick Ring Podcast with all of our winners on the names of the game. So Vladislav first off played for... Just a great name. The Waterloo Blackhawks last year in the USHL. I mean, we not only just we highlight the, the, the players' names. When you dig deep into try to find players, boys, for this segment, you find some greasy hockey markets with some unbelievable names. So 58 points in 62 games for Vladislav last season. And before that, he was over in the NMHL in Russia. Whatever the fuck that is. I, I could not tell you. Um, and then before that, he's, you know, he's had some international experience with the U17, U16 team in Russia. And like you should just said, a second round draft pick of the Minnesota Wild. So uh, we'll be following him next year as he attends uh, the University of Connecticut. Actually, what I heard about this player... Uh, Dylan was, and, and a lot of actually Russian players who've played in the USHL, for example, and who are go- committing to colleges. Once you've committed to college, the uh, your respected National Hockey League team that drafts you will not pay for you to come to development camp. Wow. So you have to be either you know committed to the CHL or any other junior B program uh, for them to actually invite you to camp, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. So a lot of actually 
you know, Russian players or, or other international players actually just are committed to going to college, sometimes they can't even afford to come uh, to development camp. And I know uh, Firstov is actually not from an affluent family, so he actually decided to stay in Russia, unlike what all these... Uh, these crazy wild fans thought they're like, Oh, he's a bust. He's not coming over. It's like, no, no, no. He actually couldn't afford to fly over. So he's working out in Russia until he, uh, continues his development in North America. And I actually love to see that. I don't know. Maybe you boys can chime in as well. When you see like, you know, Swedish, Finnish, Russian players who've taken actually the North American USA development route rather than just, you know, KHL and roll the dice. If you're ever going to get an opportunity in the, in the big show, the national hockey league. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I think the KHL, being in the KHL and being on that Russian gas is kind of, uh, you know, it, it's kind of sketchy. And, you know, you never know where the KHL is really going to take you. So I feel like kind of coming over to North America where you almost kind of think like the facilities are better. The commitment to hockey is, it is what it is in Canada. It speaks for, it speaks for itself. But the funding that the U.S. also has in terms of their development, their sports training and everything like that, like I feel like, um, you know, not like coming to North America would be a huge benefit. I, I think if you're Russian, I think if you're Swedish or Finnish, I feel like, you know, um, I feel like it would still be fine over there. I'm sure. But I, I feel, I know what I've seen in the U S and Canada. So yeah, yeah. I, I, what I'm interested in. So you, you guys said that they don't get paid to come to development camp if they're in the U S development program. Right? Well, if they're committed to college. Yeah. Sorry. If they're committed to college, which is, it's funny because I, like, I personally think the landscape of just underage hockey and the life before the NHL, I think it's completely changing. Like, Austin Matthews going to Switzerland the way he did, and I think the number of guys coming out of college these days, I think that it's got to be in, like, the next 10 years that the kind of CHL outlook for junior hockey is going to be kind of like a second fiddle, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we actually talk about that a lot because we've been fans of, you know, the NCAA development route, regardless of what some Canucks Twitter fans say, you know, they think development peaks at 23 years old, you know, when the likes of Adam Goddard are really making a name for themselves for the Vancouver Canucks, but we won't get into that right now. But I really think just that extra experience, the that, you know, we had Dave Tomlinson, uh, a former um, National Hockey League and DEL player who said that, you know, university hockey helped him you know just develop a man's body to be able even to play uh pro hockey just strength wise so there's just so much more to the the college route that the chl doesn't really offer now the chl is regimented obviously it, it models that of a a grinding huge schedule filled and uh, you know nhl type season but they have some stupid rules too like for example, if you're under 20, you have to be you have to and you and you you have to go back to junior if you don't make your NHL club. Like, you know, there's so many players that suffer become because of that. And you know, I could make the argument that you know Jet Wu, for the Vancouver Canucks mar- market, is just that player. Like, he's ready for the AHL, but he has to go back to the Hitman. Yeah, that's that's just such a broken system. In the end of it, it's like it's, I, it's old school, like you said. I'm I'm really interested to see the next player. Like I, I mentioned that Austin Matthews thing, that kind of amazed me just because it was finally a guy who was saying like whether or not he was going over there to develop like he made money like yeah. at the end of it like there is going to be kids it's just like the football and basketball conversation like there's going to be kids who get a serious injury and they made zero money their whole career like mm-hmm. obviously for nhl players i think it's a bit different like only the top players have that chance to go play in a men's league but like that's just that's a, a phenomenal argument for me for me to think about that for sure yeah great stuff boys um well what a 
I couldn't think of a better way to... to what a way to finish it off, eh? Yeah, so uh, thanks to everyone who's participated on our poll questions, and thanks to everyone who sent in suggestions for names. I know early on in the podcast in Season 1, we used to do that as well. And uh, just thanks, Shane, for, uh, for, for bearing <laughs> with us all of these years. Let's move on, uh, speaking of Shane, to questions from Twitter. Alright, Dylan, fire it up. Alright, we're gonna start off with Mr. Braindown, Brandon Hobbs from across the pond. Let, let, let Ride the Pod, our friends here, Elijah and Josh, know about this fan, this particular fan of the Stick Ring Podcast. All right, guys, you're going to get to know Brandon Hobbs over the next few months, but <laughs> Brandon Hobbs is, I, I'd say, the biggest fan that we have from across the pond, from the UK. He's the biggest Canucks fan who listens to the podcast. We'll say that much. That's true, but he's a regular contributor. I'd say almost every week he has a question on Twitter for us. From Swindon, UK. And he's a, a huge uh, Alberni Bulldogs fan as well, as we educated him a bit on the BCHO. So, anyways, there's the rundown on Brendan Hobbs. Uh, his question is, uh, looking back on all your 100 podcast episodes, 100, Isha, what, what the hell were we thinking? Anyways, he wants to know, what are the top three moments that stand out? The most memorable moments. So, obviously, Elijah and Josh can't really chime into this one, so we'll just run it down quickly. Well, Brandon. for them, it's just taking it away from us. Yeah, I guess that, and uh, taking away the, the spotlight, I guess. But, uh, no, let's quickly get into it. And we are going to have an extended segment of this on uh, on the radio show August 4th, so stay tuned for that. And if you can't listen live, of course, you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, Dylan, right off the bat, my, my top three would have to be as I'm sporting their jersey, drinking moonshine from a mini Stanley Cup, the Washington Capitals Stanley Cup run, and being able to cover it here on the Spring Podcast because, you know, we ran our podcast all through that summer. Yeah, that was a hell of a run. Those those three weeks, you know, leading up to the Cup were, were just unbelievable. I was, I was drunk the whole time. He really um, was, folks. The Cool Cat, his appearance at the radio station. <laughs> um, and around downtown Nanaimo. So, Elijah and Josh, at the radio station, it's, it's not... It's in beautiful Nanaimo. But it's not in the most beautiful part in Nanaimo. Uh, Some it, might say the gutter of the city. Or the depths of hell, in, in other words. Um, it's underneath, like, the only the only music club. It's in the basement. And um, they had this one contributor who, uh, you know, in, in all honesty, played some really good music on his show. Um, the downside is he would smoke crack in the studio. So oh, there's wow. that. <laughs> Um, and then we started to see him around town, both in, uh, you know, Nanaimo, Victoria, and, and Vancouver. Yeah, you know, he was, last time I saw him, he was wrapped in a few blankets, uh, just promoting his show, yelling it out in the streets. Oh, in the door. I don't get that. It's fine. So there you go. So he was he was an interesting uh, he was an interesting character that you played out throughout this podcast. Actually, the radio station got pissed at us because they were at some like I don't know staff function, and they were like, "Oh, we're just gonna listen to you know 
the CHLY where we're having our dinner or whatever. So they fire up Stick and Rink Radio. And we're just ripping on the cool cat. Dylan, like, got some audio of him screaming on the street. So we're obviously playing that live on the airwaves. Like, this guy was in our studio, blah, 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 blah. And so, uh, yeah, we had a little shit. We had a, we had an email and then a couple notes on the studio where... Uh, we'll As we normally do at CHLY. Yeah, hey, but we bring them the most listeners. So what oh, man, do? the cool cat, though. That guy just cracks me up. What a guy. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, when you guys listen back to this podcast, we're going to play the clip so you'll have an idea of what the hell we're talking about. And finally, Dylan, my, my, my last uh, my last great memory is we also got to not only cover the Washington Capitals run, but we got to cover the last year of uh, Daniel and Hendrick Sedin. And, uh, it was an emotional time. It was, especially for me. And I, I'll be totally honest, I was, I was studying for exams. I had five classes going, like three papers, two exams. I was an emotional wreck. I watched that game. You know, that game-winning goal, and I just fucking started crying. More than I've ever cried before. I was like, what's happening? What's happening? No, I it, love these guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not going to lie. I did cry a little bit at that overtime. It was, uh, it was a hell of a game, though. A hell of a way to end a career. The best way to end a career. Daniel. Henry. Back for Daniel. Let's it go. He scores! All right, so uh, I guess I'll jump into my top three. Um, I'm going to start off with this classic, The Crow Taking Out the Power at the radio station. I, I got a clip for this one, too, actually. Cool. Yeah, we... Uh, so, yeah, The Crow took out the power. Power goes out. And, and no, we're on Facebook Live, too. And we're on Facebook Live. Naturally, we think, all right, we're not broadcasting right now, so naturally we drop a few F-bombs. And r- fran- fran- frantically running around the studio, figuring out what the hell's going on, not knowing that a backup gener- generator was there, keeping it up for an additional 10 minutes. So, you know, at the end of the show, we look back at the audio, and yeah, I said I said some pretty unsavory things on the air. I had to apologize to a few people. Um, and we we found out like a few days later that it was a crow because from the Twitter account, the radio Twitter account, they're like, oh, so this is what took out our power and oof. It was a roasted crow. That poor guy. So, uh... Hey, Mark everyone to this day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, what nice else? Battle. Top three moments. Um, you know what? The rap battles. The rap battles with Lyndon Wood from the hood and Shane Van Ice. Oh my, okay, guys, yeah, so, uh, context. The two arguably best fans of our show wanted to go head to head for the crown as of the best fan and they straight up made diss raps like they went and recorded them and then sent them to us to play on air to each other i think Lyndon wood actually had a custom made beat for his for his diss it was something else so yeah i got a 30 record deal just to diss the other guy it it got so crazy because Shane would call us every week on the radio show. I mean, we love all of our callers and we loved taking Shane's questions and talking to him about hockey and a lot of basketball on our hockey show, but that's a, that's another, <laughs> that's another story. That's a whole other story. Um, and he would, he'd start just bringing raps to us every week. It got, it got a little out of hand. So I had to tell Shane, you know, just bring us some hockey questions and keep the raps. Yeah. You know, we were scared for, for uh, Lyndon, you know, as Lyndon Wood and, and Shane went at it, like we were scared things were going to get violent. You know how rap battles go. So we just had to cut it off. We couldn't let it go any further. But we kept, yeah. we, we kept some of the audio though. We, we <laughs> shamelessly. Over the phone too. Oh yeah. Live on air. Fucking Herb Dean over here breaking up fights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was following, I was coming home from work yesterday 
it's just a random story. Got to tell you once in a while, but uh, falling. I was walking up from work the other day, and these two like kind of kooky people in front of me, both with no shoes on. So like immediately, you're like, all right, drugs suck. <laughs> this girl was heckling this guy. I guess her boyfriend or whatever, her friend's friend. And he was like, "You're too busy worrying about your rap career," and said that to him like, <laughs> "Holy dude, struggling man. He'll get there one day. <laughs> He'll get shoes. Leave him alone." Van City, baby. I'm just hoping Shane has shoes, but uh, I hope he. I, he's got some nice sneakers. All of our rappers have shoes. Don't you worry. I think he's actually got the New Balance Kawhis. Oh, baby. Oh. You know you're in the rap game when you got those shoes, bud. I am pumped. Oh, God. Oh, be pumped for Shane's calls. He'll find your number. Oh, he'll he'll find it for sure. But uh, all right, I'm gonna round off the top three here quickly. Dusty. Oh yes. And his good old pops bringing us a bottle of wine to the studio. On New Year's. On New Year's. And, you know, it was dark out. It was a cold night. I'm surprised they went down to the Chili Studio. It's a, it's a dangerous spot. You don't want to hang out outside this Especially bars. when you're carrying a bottle of wine and you're nine-year-old Dusty. But, hey, they fought through it and they gave us that bottle. And it was tasty. Some tasty wine. So I was ripping the Blackhawks as I as I did two years ago. I got a little more sympathy for them these days. But, but anyways, and so this... This kid calls in and he's just, he is livid that I'm talking smack about the Blackhawks. So, you know, I gave him his piece on air and, uh... First off, you call him a woman. Oh, that lady was was mad. Okay, the kid was nine. His voice hasn't, you know, balls didn't drop yet. Voice hadn't changed. Got no respect. Anyways, so he was pissed about that probably too. Um, his dad, the goddamn beauty, you know, you guys are doing radio on New Year's. Comes over, brings us a nice bottle of red to round out the night. Uh, finished that off before the cool cat took over and uh, before we even knew anything about him, actually, at that time. <laughs> There was more than wine going on in the studio after the cool cat. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. So th- that was my top three, Brendan. There great you go, question, Brandon. though. Hey, great question. Big thank you to Brendan Hobbs. You're, you're always contributing to the show, and I know you're not going to stop. And, Brendan, I actually don't have to fight anyone in the Bulldogs organization. I got in touch with the owner, and he's a jersey's coming your way, bud. <sighs> How about that? All right, um, let's get on to some more questions. Hopefully, uh, these guys can chime in on a couple more. All right, uh, at Van Nice Shane, Shane Van Nice, the nicest of Shanes, aka the best fan in the world. He says, um, "Would you trade a three-peat, which is three championships in a row, for all the Canucks draft picks for eternity? So the Canucks winning three Stanley Cups in a row, or give away all your draft picks forever? Forever. So." Uh, I, me and Isha were talking about this one. I might just take the championships after the championships are done. Say fuck the Canucks. I know <laughs> it's gonna suck, and just latch onto another team. I know it's pretty cheap, but you know what? I'll take that option. I need that high of a cup. I need it. It's, uh, it's, it's logical, is what it is. Thank can you, you. Can you imagine if, if you were like just that patriotic guy? You're like, no way, man. We're gonna earn it the, the like the right way, and then you end up being the Chicago Cubs, and you don't even win in your lifetime. Like, I'm sorry. Like, screw the next generation. I'm selling more than just the draft picks. I'll sell all the profit generated from the games. Like, fuck it. Let's throw ads on the jerseys. I don't care at this point. I need a cup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, I, if I'm going to quote someone, I'm going to quote Joel and beat from the 76ers. Like, trust the process, man. Like, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's got to be the right you know? Like, you're not the Cubs. Like, you don't have some fan fucking cursing your team. It's not like you're trading the best player in the world and cursing your team, anything like that. Like, I feel like, you know, 
if we're gonna take the Canucks, like shit, like they're on their way, man. Like if you're a Canucks fan right now, it's not a bad thing. It just makes me think about what is the purpose of being a sports fan, though. Like I think it's cool because the Canucks never won a cup, and I feel like that emptiness inside me every day. But like, think of it this way, though. That like essentially what you're saying is you'll take those three champions, and for the rest of your life, for another like years, you're rolling the dice, and the draft doesn't mean anything to you. What if the Canucks were the worst team in the league and you have a generational player like Connor McDavid and you can't even have him? Oh. I don't know. I, I would roll the dice. That's true. I'm I'm glad that you guys are kind of on opposite ends of it too, because like upon first reading this, you know, Dylan was you know had his point right away, and I could see it. Like you know. Elijah, like, ultimately, why are you a sports fan? You're a sports fan to see your team win a fucking championship. But I just don't know if me personally, and, you know, I'm an emotional guy. I don't know if I could just break that tie. You know, I'd always look at a Canucks jersey and be like, oh, baby, that green, blue, and white, like, I love it. Or look at that skate one and just like, oh, it's, it's so awesome. I don't know if I could ever detach myself from that, especially after living through three championships. So And so just giving up... Giving up all the draft picks, it's just like I'm always gonna be attached to that team a little bit. I don't know if I could just watch them fail, so I think I just have to. I think I would. I have to agree with you, Josh. Like I gotta trust the process. I don't know. My, my last point that I'm kind of thinking about though, and it would probably make us all hate the Canucks, is like our least favorite team. Is that if this fan base won three titles in a row, like you can already see how the Patriot fan base for the New England Patriots is like some of the worst fans in the world to deal with. Yeah. Can you imagine the Canucks fan base? Oh, I don't want to think about it, man. I really don't. Dude, honestly, last week's podcast and radio show, we had a whole segment dedicated to just ripping on Canucks Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we're the worst, but we're like... We're I mean... Bad. La passion! We almost burnt our city down when we lost the Bruins in seven. I can't even imagine what would happen if you guys repeated. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Man, but like, and we forget too, because we're like, we're we're all relatively young guns here. Like, '94 happened as well, and that wasn't even on home turf. Like, that should happen in New York, and they still rioted. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. You know what's actually just a little bit of a tangent, but you know what's kind of fucked up? Let's hear it. The, the the most thriving sports team in Vancouver right now is the fucking the over- Titans. It's the Titans, the fucking Overwatch team that Aqu- Aquilini owns. That is Vancouver's most successful sports team. Are that they, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Josh doesn't know what Overwatch is. It's okay. I don't even know what that is. Hey, buddy, it's all right. I have no idea what it is. Never played it before. I just I read the article like, earlier call, today. I, I'm sorry. Call me a okay, grumpy old fuck, but I'm I'm just never going to sit down and watch a bunch of kids play video games. It's just ne- it's never going to work for me. They sell out arenas, though. I thought I wanted to do it because I'd always think that I could beat them even when watching them, but there's just some sort of competitive stupidness in me that doesn't allow me to think that these, like, cyborgs for 14-year-olds could dominate (laughs) me. I'm not going to lie. I went through a small stint where I watched, like, three Counter-Strike majors in a row and skipped a week of university, but that's exactly (laughs) it. I thought I could do it. I couldn't even get out of fucking silver, and my roommate, who actually, he made money off that game enough to actually buy, like, a few thousand dollars worth of computer shit he's a fucking good gamer anyway so he got me pumped saying i could do it and join his team and but i spent a month of my life wasted on counter-strike watching majors thinking i was some star and yeah it was uh, it was a sad time let's move on uh at Derek rebel <laughs> He's the also Harewood Rebel. the Harewood Rebel contributor to the show. Thank you very much for uh, all your, all your all your contributions all over the last 
Uh, what, what did you say, eight months, nine months? Yeah, and all your listenership from the start, my friend. From the hots and nots and all the pauses. <laughs> so here's his question. So these are the conditions that must be met for Edmonton to give Calgary their third-round pick. Neal has to score at least 21 goals, and Lucic has to score 10 fewer goals than Neal. What a fucking stupid condition. Will they give up their pick? That's a tough one. What do you think, boys? <laughs> Wait, okay. Wait, can you repeat that? Yes, sir. We can do that. All right. So these are the conditions uh, that have to be met for Edmonton to give up the draft pick. Neil has to score at least 21 goals. Lucic has to score 10 fewer goals than Neil. Comprende? If Neil scores 21 goals, Lucic scores, let's say, nine goals. Which is asking a lot. You know, he scored six last year. Yeah. Then they give up the draft pick. That's a lot of goals for the big man. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, I, I, I really hope actually conditions start like that. I hope they're always like this. Like, <laughs> like, that's just an awesome condition. I think people should start training with Ottawa and just saying, like, if you get less than 11,000 fans in your building on <laughs> If you, like, if you don't sell it half your building during an Eastern Conference final, yeah. <laughs> you don't get our fans. Oh, it's okay. We rip on those fucking Ottawa fans and Eugene and his fucking lake. You know, right now, we're kind of in a dumpster. Oh, dude, he's the worst. Him and Aquilina should have a baby together. We could call it the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope he's not. <laughs> eh, we're not that big, boys. We're we're we're, gi- we're giving you a pretty a pretty significant gift here, but it's not that big of a gift. Yeah. Okay. No. Um. No. I think I I think the Calgary Flames um will absolutely get this third round pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see Neil putting up like 18, 19 goals though, with just missing it. You know what I mean? I I, I, I don't see James Neal getting twenty one. Yeah. See, we, see, see, he's gonna if, it up. If, I, if we're gonna if we're gonna get into this, so when let's get into it, bud. When Calgary originally signed him from Vegas uh, last year, I, I was pumped. I was so hyped. I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, we got James the real deal, Neil. I think that's how you – or the James Neil, the real – The real deal, James Neil. The sure. third choice. Yeah. The third choice. Okay, so, so C, I guess we're going with. Um, yeah, and I was hyped. And I'm pretty sure on our very first episode of Ride the Pod, I'm pretty sure I called – him getting 25 goals. Yeah, and by like November, December, I'm like, oh boy, why did I just say? I said he was, I didn't say he was going to be as bad as he did, but I, I said, you know what, this guy is like one of the most overrated and overpaid signings of the, of the year. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, like, I think if you put James Neal on a line with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, like, they'll, they'll find a way, whether those are tapping goals, like, they're not going to be sniped. I don't think, but yeah. Neil still has a pretty good shot, and like McDavid will give him a lot of space. I think that if James, like if like I don't have high hopes for Edmonton, I I think they're gonna make a push. Like oh, I already hate myself for saying that. But yeah, don't say I that. Mean, <laughs> but like I, I don't do this to yourself. Getting more than forty points as a team this year, like James Neal cannot be playing on the first line. Like that can't if, happen. If James Neal scores anything north of twenty-one goals, Edmonton's in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a hot take. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I I think well because this team's offensive heavy anyways. Like they don't have any defensemen who 
can move the puck. Like they have defenders who can play good yeah. two-way game. I mean, Clefbaum, I, mean, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's an outstanding defender in the National Hockey League, but even him, he's not a, a puck mover first. You know, I, I look at him more as a two-way guy first, same with Nurse. So I, I, I think the, the numbers could be there because it could be a bounce back year for the sole uh, argument of Neil's been playing a ton of playoff hockey consecutively he went on a cup final with vegas i mean just imagine just the high of being you know in that situation then you know going all the way um or or close to all the way the year before with nashville and then just going to calgary where you know things didn't get going in the beginning and you know probably just burnt out early he's an older guy I i think there's possibility for him to score 20 goals i don't think he's scoring 30 or anything you know outlandish like that and i don't even think that he necessarily scores it with McDavid, I mean, I, I'm I'm the I'm thinking here that he could be paired with Drysaddle, you know, Malkin 2.0. Mm-hmm. True. I, I'm going to put the over under at 12. I don't think he scores more than 12 goals. Oh shit! I'll t- okay. I'm taking that bet. I can't wait for you to talk about this uh, then with uh, our our boys at the Edmonton podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network ne- next year. So keep that in the vault. And it's actually it's actually a good like briefing for the fans of stick and rink because they're gonna start to realize how bad our takes are. Yeah. And like when James Neal opens the night with a good five burger, like I'm <laughs> shaking in my boots. Let's just say that. Hey, well you'll get more Twitter followers because people are roasting you, but at least they follow you back. Yeah. Or at least they'll follow the account. Whatever. Yeah. All we're trying to do here. Yeah, that's all we need. I mean, our our takes are pretty outlandish. Yeah. But that's what makes it fun. That's what podcasting's about. Look it up in the dictionary. <laughs> There you go. I mean, you haven't heard many of mine. Mine have been a little... I don't even know if oh, outlandish... Oh, they're pretty out there. I don't know if outlandish does them justice. But that's been our last Twitter question segment here on the Stick Ring Podcast. Season 2 finale, ladies and gentlemen. Um, our radio affiliate, CHLY, is always looking for donations and local sponsors. It's the fun drive right now, so go to chly.ca and help sustain the radio station, The Depths of Hell. Um, let's quickly run down the Hockey Podcast Network, Dylan, before we close things out. Um, I know we've been talking about this the last few shows, but folks, uh, the Hockey Podcast Network is North America's first exclusive hub for National Hockey League podcasts. Every Monday and Thursday, you swipe your podcast app or head to our website and you'll be able to find a podcast dedicated to every single NHL team. That's right. All of them, and get ready because we're going to have some... Oh, there's going to be some bangers. Bangers, some extra content, some roundtables, and of course, in the next couple of years, Seattle's coming in, so we're going to continue to bring insiders on on uh, a ton of different shows related to the network and give you, all you listeners, the most hockey content, more hockey content than you can even handle. So right now... Get on Facebook, get on Twitter, follow at HockeyPodNet. We're doing giveaways all summer long leading up to the October 1st launch. So right after preseason, there'll be a pretty much a buffer week where all of our hosts will uh, will be you know rounding out uh, the preseason, uh, talking about the rosters, and then jumping right into the season. So we'll keep updating that on our personal accounts, folks. And uh, the Callwood Crawl, is that what we're calling this? few episodes summer podcast no I, i'm, I'm kind of leading towards the call with Chris. right so we'll continue to update we'll continue to update you on that the hockey podcast network uh our boys elijah and josh here will continue to update you on that as well as everyone signed on to the network so we're really excited about that like we said dylan and i are going to be doing the uh or reporting on the minnesota wild so give, give us a follow on oh, Twitter. it's gonna be a hell of a year at the soda pod hey first off 
we got him on the team, so we're good to go. There you go. Um, God damn it, I felt hook, line, and sticker for that one. Yeah, I mean, my, my segues aren't that good, folks. But, uh, I, was, I was like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, uh, Patreon, as we mentioned in the intro, we, we have some plans moving forward with our Patreon, and we will continue to update you on that as well. But for the time being, we have one more extra show. It's the post-game show It this might be week. the messiest show we've ever had. Well, after I'm almost polished off this bottle of moonshine. <laughs> well, 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 awesome there, man. The Patreon.com slash podcast. One dollar gets you the extra episodes that we've been releasing for the last few, or 10 or 12 weeks now. Half a bottle of moonshine, folks. <laughs> we'll get through this. Um, as always, follow the account. Now going to be run by our guests who've been joining us for the last two segments, Elijah and Josh, at StickerRingPod on Twitter. Uh, they're, they're also on Instagram. You can download the show from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Please rate and review. Um, it's going to help, actually, uh, Elijah and Josh now moving forward. And uh, Dylan, be- before we just hand the reins over... To our friends here, um, do, are there any uh, last thank yous or any last words you want to give? Oh man, there's it's been, been a hell of a ride. Man. It's been a hell of a ride. There's been so many greats that we've had on the show. Like it's it's really been unreal. I did not expect this to become what it has become, and I, I couldn't be happier, honestly. Yeah. So just a quick thank you to like our friends, like Patrick Bexell, for example. You know, Alex Newhook. All the folks at TSN Vancouver. All the folks at TSN 1040 who have come on the show, given us their time, supported us throughout this. Rob Fay, you've been an absolute beauty. And I know we've missed everyone else. We don't have a list in front of us. There's, but there's too many to list. We've had guests on every episode. That's right. So K Rock Rain. K Rock Rain. Thank you for reminding me. You're a goddamn beauty. We'll definitely hook up uh, these boys with you um everyone in the bcihl the vijhl pete we thank you very much for supporting us as well and giving us the opportunity to talk about our product on all your airwaves and network um dylan like we said in the intro start talking about how we're going to do a podcast camping one day at gold river um two years later we're handing it over to our friends elijah and josh um thank you for uh, sitting with me every wednesday and in the Sometimes freezing and sometimes blazing studios of CHLY. No, thank you. It's been unreal. You know, we've had some arguments along the way. We've had some highs. We've had some lows. But, man, it's been a hell of a ride. Again, thanks to all of our guests, all our listeners, all our participants, all of our former hosts. Signing off, I have been Isha Jerome alongside my good partner, Dylan Kayser. And for the last time, folks, keep your eyes on the prize and stick in the rink. All right, we're out of here. We're out of here, boys. boys.
like that. You lost from Corona. Nice little boys night out. Sponsored by your local wheelchair, the Wobbly <laughs> Wheel. Honestly, if Dylan's not in the wheelchair when we walk out of there, we yeah. didn't have a good time. Yeah, no, that's true. Because <laughs> Dylan's going to be the heavyweight of the group, but like... He's not going to have not have a drink in his head. Yeah, 100%. There's no chance. Yeah, there's celebration in order for this. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I'm a bit scared. Like, I this know. fan base, like, this fan base we're different. crazy. We're way different. We're same shit. We're actually, well, same mom, different daddy, I guess you could call us. Okay. I'm yeah. a little worried now. I'm a little worried. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I took a turn. I was more talking like, you know, like, we're uh, we're just a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're a different podcast. Uh, yeah. We're, we're a couple of different guys, though. You know, we like to we like to shoot the shit a lot. Yeah, I know Isha and Dylan do too. Yeah, we do. Um, we got to yeah, we got to figure out a whole bunch of shit. I, I think our preparation is like they shared a Google Doc with us in terms of what they do for preparation of our show. Yeah, and it's like a nice three pager all organized on Google Docs, and then yeah. you just come my fucking then, piece of paper. And then I'm over to my house and a chicken scratch, and I can't even read it. Chicken so scratch and a chicken scratch. Just text me a couple words. Uh, about our topics, and then that's what we talk about. Yeah, you know, there's gonna be some work to do. But I almost another another kind of relate like a uh, example here. It feels like the first day of class when the teacher gives you the outline, and you're like, my stupid ass is gonna learn all. Yeah, that. like our like, syllabus. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we're gonna fail this. Yeah, we're down for forty percent. Why? Yeah. Why is it like that? Yeah, like watch our show to the right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd be like, this stuff's gonna be sick. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is, if the Canucks make the playoffs, then we'll actually start trying on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I'll bet. I'll bet my savings that they're going to the playoffs this year. Oh, I, I, I think they, I think they will too. Nice, good positivity. Yeah, it's all starting. Yeah, we're, we're thinking, we're thinking right about the Canucks, but we're, we're the new, we're the new guys in town. Yeah, out with the old, out the new, out with the old guys, the forty-year-old guys. Yeah, that are actually yeah. around our age. Yeah, that. But they're like the Gordy Howes. They've earned their stripes, got yeah. their name on the cup a couple times, yeah. and now it's the young guns' turn. Yeah, we're, we're Team North America. Yeah. Coming in, we're Team North America. I almost, we're almost getting like we're at, we're all at a house party right now. They have both already banged the hot chick. We're getting sloppy. <laughs> Great, it's going around. But like, it's a good one. It's so good. But it's yeah, but it's we're so good. Yeah, but we're into it. Yeah. So hopefully they don't have to cut that out. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't. I don't know what their censorship is, but hopefully they enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Well, should we uh, should we wrap it up with uh, the uh, elevator music? Yeah, here. Coming in. I think Just what a greasy, 
little matchup. Dude, you just there. got bottles of El Himidor just rocking little teenagers. Oh, I have these notes, but I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. <laughs>